Here we go. Fantastic. We are back. We are back. And uh, and this week out on the cutting room floor, Dom had wanted to do uh, an episode about James Gunn and his Guardians of the Galaxy films, focusing mostly on, on the new one, Volume 3, and the holiday special. Yeah, because, you know, we, Guardians, to me, I think is some of the best Marvel stuff to drop in the last 10 years. I think out of the outside of the Avengers, I think they probably have some of the most fun movies and most interesting story arcs. And James Gunn made these characters his babies. Yeah, all of them. Yeah, he did, really. Every single character's detail and writing is thorough, like they're all a lead. And the way he divides the time between them all and brings them all together, it's, it's honestly magical and wonderful. And... I mean, I think that's why James Gunn is kind of where he's at today because he's doing something a lot of guys can't do across three or three films with a little side special to go with it that perfectly ties into the films because the Christmas special really carries into the third film quite well. So, Also, just really quick, I'm sorry. No, no, no. I was about to tell you to take it away anyway. Go ahead. Okay. I I was going to say, anyone listening who who knows – uh, they were also the Guardians were also in Infinity War and Endgame, of course. And I believe James Gunn helped with like the dialogue, and obviously, if he helped with the dialogue, he would help with the story direction of those characters, yeah, yeah. specifically in those films. I didn't know that. Which yeah, that would make sense because they even in especially in Infinity War, they yeah. still feel very James Gunn. Yeah, they do, and yeah. I think that's why because they had him have a hand in it, kind of like. Um, like how uh, Frank Miller helped direct Sin City because they were his yeah. characters. Mm-hmm. Like Robert Rodriguez knew enough to go to the source. And, I mean, that's what I do. Yeah, <laughs> and I think that's why, yeah. So I I actually, if you don't mind, I want to start with your feelings on Volume 3 and the holiday special because we could kind of backtrack to Volume 1 and 2 then since I, I think we both agree that 3 is a better film. Yeah. And there's more... There's more heart and and character in it because of what led up to it, and I I'd like to know uh, wh- what you think of them because it's uh, I I think it's important. All right. Yeah. Well, Guardians three. So i you know coming out. It came out this year, and you know this year has been just such an interesting year for for film, especially the blockbusters. A lot of flops this year with. The Flash, which is undeserving. Yes, it, the Flash is incredible, yeah. and I'm, I'm I don't care. I'm defending that movie till the end. And Indiana Jones flop major, which is you know I wasn't shocked by that. Yeah, um, me, yeah, me either. It's kind of yeah. I mean, after Crystal Skull, what did you yeah, really expect? Yeah, and, and how can you redeem it's it after Spielberg that? Spielberg either. So no, it's no. Like, and even though like like James Mangold is yeah, a great he's a director. great director, but I'm like, man, no. If it would have been Ford versus Ferrari versus Indiana Jones, <laughs> I would have watched it. Or Logan versus Yeah, Indiana that Jones. would have been awesome. Yeah. It's just like no one asked for this indie movie. I love Harrison Ford to death, but Harrison Ford is, what, 82? Like, something like that. Yeah, something like that. You know, and it's not that I don't want to see him on screen. I love seeing him. But I don't think I want to see him play the Whip Cracking Crusader right now. Yeah. Like, the way he was used in... Blade Runner 2049 was perfect. You know what? You're right. He was used perfectly there. It wasn't his show, but it still was enough of his show to feel like a sequel to the story. So, 
But Guardians 3, I was a little skeptical because I'm just, you know, I've been a little hero fatigued out, but I have been hopeful with the last three major releases between The Flash, Guardians 3, and Spider-Man. So Mm. they were all incredible. And I really, really had a great time with Guardians 3. I was extremely shocked. I was pleasantly surprised. It's not that I thought it was going to be bad, but I just... I just wasn't hopeful that it was going to be the best one. And I, after evaluating it, it might be the best one. And out of those three, out of the three, out of the whole series. Oh yeah. Yeah. I I think it may be the best one. And the first one is so magical. Don't get me wrong. When they all meet and and then when they go to jail, it's, it's awesome. You know, one, one really quick aside in the first one, I noticed this, this time, because last week we're talking about Steven Soderbergh, right? Mm -hmm. Think about the limey. Think about Stacy and that other guy when they're um, that that one scene we both love when they're staking out that uh, commercial or that TV show, mm-hmm. and Stacy's making fun of everybody he sees. Right, mm-hmm. the first time you see Rocket and Groot in Guardians, they're making fun of they everybody. Are, they are, man. Rocket is Stacy. Yeah, he is. Maybe <laughs> James Gunn was yes. peeping the limey. Yeah, I'm maybe. sure he's a Soderbergh fan. He would have I mean, to be. I mean, yeah. You know? Anyway, that's the first thing I thought that of, but I didn't funny. think of it when I first watched it. And it's it's awesome because the Guardians is so cool because just watching how they all come together and then learning about their past as the films go on really yeah. just makes it all the more special. And the third one, and, and a lot of people don't like the phrase "put a neat bow on things," but that's really what it does, and it yeah. but it works, and it's a perfect conclusion to the story and he had to put a bow on it though because he he literally moved on in between you know endgame and making this film because he was fired from getting fired which is crazy yeah fire guy who made you like two billions of dollars okay yeah Yeah. all right all right because i mean and and look at guardians 3 the numbers don't lie it made what 800 900 million yeah something look it actually was a success. So that yeah. just tells you that the movie is good. No one's going to go see a film that people were like, yeah, I went and saw it. It sucks. Oh, I'm going to go see it. No, yeah. people are obviously saying, hey, man, this is worth going to check out. And and here's a, a valid question. How did you, as a vegetarian, a vegan, mm-hmm. I mean, as a vegan, feel about Guardians Volume 3? Because it's almost like PETA's wet dream. You know what I mean, right? If you think about it. So, of course, um, watching the scenes with Rocket and his friends was some of the most devastating stuff I've seen in film. And I watch a lot of tragic films. You do. I do. I watch (laughs) tragic films. I watch bleak films. I've been thinking about that anime about Hiroshima. Oh, my God. Yeah. Careful again. Very dark, bleak film. Very sad. Tears fell. Guardians 3, it it riled my emotions so much that I did. I had to turn my head a couple times watching some of the stuff going on with uh, Rocket and his homies. It, it broke me down. And by the time you see what happens to his friends, I was a little bit drained. Um, Emotionally. Yes. Yeah, because you're invested in these characters. I was super invested. And I loved him. I wanted him to yeah. all get out and, have, and get to yeah. go to the new world and... Live that life, but we, but we know it's a lie. Oh right yeah, from the jump. You know, we know that's not going to happen. Yeah. They're not going to. They're not going anywhere. And the only one who's really valuable to him is Rocket because he's so smart. So yeah, eight nine p one three, dude. 
when I saw, uh, and, and you know what's gonna happen. Like you know, yeah. you know. Yeah. As soon as they cut the screen and show Rocky, you know when they cut back, what's what you're gonna see. Oh and yeah, so, yeah. And it's like because because he, and, and I'm sorry, I hate to talk over you. No, no, no. Go ahead. But you know, it's almost like you realize watching this film why, like in the second one, Rocket is an asshole and a douchebag, mm-hmm. and they they even say that in the second mm-hmm. one, like. Why are you such an a-hole? You know, and in the in in the first one, you know, he's kind of standoffish and cantankerous mm-hmm. and, and all these things. And you finally get to see why. Why, yeah. He, he's lost everything. He doesn't trust people at, yeah. um, at all. And when you see what happens, you're like, well, hell, I wouldn't trust him either. Yeah, yeah, you exactly. He, and you do fully understand why he is the way he is. Rocket's story... Kind of reminds me, not to this degree because this guy is a total a-hole, but he kind of reminded me of Homelander from The Boys, Ah. where when you first see Homelander, you're like, okay, this guy's a dickhead. Why are you like this? And But as you get to see where Homelander came from and how he was brought up, you're like, well... Wouldn't you be a little bit yeah. like this too? Yeah. Um, it's It's almost... Obviously, Rocket's more of a hero, but... It's it's the perfect kind of villainous backstory, yeah. You know, to show people why, because most villains often start as decent folk, yeah. You know, they it, and something tragic happens that changes them. So, yeah. Rocket was a cute, playful pet type of yeah. He kid. he actually is a raccoon, yeah, a even raccoon. though he always says, "Don't I'm not a raccoon." raccoon. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a raccoon. Christmas special when <laughs> or Kevin Bacon's like not gonna hurt or we're not gonna hurt you. He's like, "Oh, talking raccoon and raccoon." Yeah. Or oh, oh, he yeah. tries to attack. Yeah, him. he's like, oh, "Why yeah. you?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like the rocket. Um, <laughs> yeah, rocket. This Guardians Three is a rocket movie. It's about yeah. rocket and. It's actually perfect because Rocket should be, like we were talking about before, Rocket should be the center of this story because Rocket is truly the heart of of the gal- the Guardians. Yeah, he, he is. He really is the heart and soul of them. And even he didn't realize it. He didn't. No, until and everyone really pulls together. Yeah, Until you watch this film. Yeah, when, once he gets hurt, everyone's like, we have to save Rocket mm-hmm. and we have to do whatever the hell we can do yeah. to save him. Because it, it's like, you watch the first two and you're like, well, it's Quill. And then yeah, you yeah. realize it's not Quill. No. Like, Quill is is really a sidekick at yeah. the end of the day. Yeah, because it's almost like you think Quill is the Han Solo. Yes, Han, the Quill is Han Solo. Yeah. You know? But then you realize it's actually Rocket, because then when you go back, you're like, oh, Groot is his Wookiee. Groot is his Wookiee. Yes. Yes, yes. 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 And, and, and And Rocket's the pilot. Rocket mm-hmm. is... Yes. Uh, you know he he's, flies the ships. He can yeah. use the weapons, all that, and yeah. and Groot is the co-pilot. And, yeah, you know Groot, just, just like, like Chewie, he's almost indestructible no matter what you do. Yeah. He's gonna come back in some kind of way. Yeah, and, this one has like swole Groot. Yeah, he's in yeah. the holiday special. Yeah, yeah. yeah I like Jack <laughs> Groot a lot. <laughs> yeah, I'm like Jack Groot. Kind of reminds me of myself. I, but, you uh, know what? It's only because you're Jack. Yeah, I try. I'm <laughs> trying, man. I'm these weights, man. You know, as you get older, fuck, shit starts feeling heavier. Yeah. But, uh, but no, nah, um, that it that was an excellent comparison. They really are kind yeah. of chewy, and you know, Quill is kind of along for their ride. Yeah. And Quill is kind of 
someone they needed to meet in their life, someone who was important, a lifelong friend that they learned a lot from. He's kind of like, more like Luke because he ends up bringing them together. He ends up bringing them together. Everyone together, yeah. But he has his own journey too. Where yeah. Like Han Solo ended up, you know, becoming a big fighter in the revolution. Yeah. Kind of like yeah. Rocket does. Yeah, it's, yeah. Wow, it's really insane comparison. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, this is a Rocket film. This film is about Rocket, his his redemption, and but man, Rocket's conclusion, it's so satisfying. It makes all the tragic stuff you saw feel like it was worth seeing it. Yeah. Um, it felt so gratifying seeing him get his revenge and seeing him, <laughs> seeing how hard they rallied the team together yeah. to get him back. And I just love how it was all hands on deck. Nobody was, it was no nothing. We gotta yeah. save Rocket. We gotta save Rocket. Lives yeah. were willing to be risked. They didn't care. And yeah, that showed you. Okay, you think the smallest little critter would be the most, you know, dispensable character, but he's not at all. He's the yeah. most important part of the story, which which is really cool. And 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 that's a testament to James Gunn making you give a shit about a talking raccoon. Yeah, making you give. A I, I know that sounds it's, weird. Yeah, it does. You're like, yeah, oh, ra- talking raccoon. I'm crying watching a talking raccoon. Yeah. You know, and, yes. Yes. It's like he's putting more emotion in me than any of these human characters. And Bradley Cooper. And it it says a say, lot about Bradley Cooper. Voice actor. Yeah. Randomly. Yeah. Like, if I didn't see his name in the credits, yeah, you would never know it was him. You there, know? There's clips online of him like doing the recording, and even that's amazing to see. I him. would love to see him like actually doing it. Yeah, and it's like I, I admit, you know, the first time I saw Bradley Cooper was probably. An early random hey, episode of Sex in the City. Oh, he because yeah. a lot of guys when they were younger guest starred in mm-hmm. Sex in the City. But then like the jerk in um, Wedding Crashers. Wedding Crashers. Yeah. Yes. And so and so you know you because that was taking that movie. He was because that was before the Hangover. That was before the Hangover. That yeah. Because I remember, of course, Wedding Crashers. He's a super dick. In yeah. That. Yeah. What was what they call him? He had a weird nickname. He did. It was and, like, and it's been a while since like I've seen the it. Bone or the. The, the hit or the it was something weird i cannot remember yeah. that weird nickname in there but i remember him from failure to launch with matthew mcconaughey oh. and sarah jessica parker oh my god me. yes i've yeah. seen that film he was one of his friends i've there. seen it too and then i think he did a movie with sandra bullock called about steve all about steve all about steve yeah yeah that was i think that was before the hangover that was right before the hangover too or, yeah. or around the same time like oh six or seven yeah because they didn't know if the hangover was going to be as and popular no one, as it no was one yeah did the Hangover was yeah. a big sleeper hit. No one yeah. knew it was going to be that big. Yeah. But it made like $500 million. No one thought that no, movie was doing no. that. So, yeah. And then The Hangover obviously just catapulted him yeah. into the stratosphere. But and then he was facing the A-team. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, yeah. And, and, yeah with Liam Neeson and stuff. Uh, freaking, uh, who was it? Uh, Ram- Quentin Jackson? Didn't he play? Um, I think he played B.A. Yeah, Brackus. Yeah. That's random. I totally yeah. About and, that movie. and Patrick Wilson was the bad guy. Yeah. In movie. Yeah. Patrick so random yeah anyway yeah sorry but yeah bradley he i mean he really blew me away just the selection of him for the role was shocking to me because yeah at that time he was a big oscar guy yeah know, yeah silver, he was coming off like silver linings and oh yeah you're like, right yeah the david o. russell stuff yeah, we were talking about david o. russell train yeah yeah around when this came out because i think yeah. i want to say american hustle and Guardians was possibly the same year. They could have been, and, yeah. Um, so it was like it was definitely a different role for him to take. And I was like, 
He's just trying to be the biggest actor he can be, taking this role. And, and it worked. No, it felt, I actually felt like he maybe connected with the character. Yeah. And he really wanted to bring something to us. And it's, it's because you don't see his face, you all, and he doesn't sound like him, you forget it's Bradley. And then when yeah. you think about it, you're like, Bradley really brought something to this character with this voice acting. And it's incredible. He did with Rocket what uh, Robert Downey Jr. did with Tony Stark. Tony Stark, yeah. Yeah. And I might even go so far as people are going to hate this. And I don't know how you're going to feel about this oh, either. Yeah, I'm excited. Hot take. Do you, I think Bradley Cooper as Rocket is honestly a better character than Tony Stark. All right, yeah, you've lost your mind, but okay. (laughs) (laughs) Well, because of, um, like, Rocket ends up helping, especially in Endgame. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's the guy that slaps the shit out of Thor. He does. Like, you know, come here. Come here. Because Rocket (laughs) fears no man. No, he doesn't. love him. He he is fearless, just like Tony Stark, but, like, at the end of the day, what Rocket did in, like, three different films saved more people than what tony stark did and, and i'm not thinking about the snap i was like can you I, say I'm, that I, i'm not thinking about the snap I'll because about the snap because he only did the snap with rocket's help that is true but he yes. sacrificed himself he did he did but I, I i think cried like a little kid i i think everybody did dude i was crying that whole movie like i, I cried, cried like three different times in that movie what, what about with spider-man at the end of infinity war were oh you god devastating dude yeah. Infinity War and Endgame put tears in my eyes. I'm like, I should not care this much about costume characters. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I think it believe it or not, I think emotionally, because Tony Stark like and Rocket try to keep people away. Mm-hmm. But I think at the end of the day, more people gave a shit about Rocket. And as as far as like his his, his close person. Yes, his inner circle. Yes. yes. I'll agree. He was more important to his inner circle yeah. as far as being an emotional support than yeah. Tony was for his inner circle. Yeah. But Tony's brain was beyond needed in his circle to get anything done. But I wonder if like, if they knew that Tony was going to do the snap when he did, if they would have rallied like they did for Rocket to try to figure out a way to save him in the same way that that's they did great, with Rocket. That's a great question because I, yeah. I can't honestly say that they would have. Yeah. Because, and, and it's not to say that they didn't love or care about him as yeah. much, but Tony was far more callous. And yeah. he didn't, he, he liked to keep to himself. Although Rocket did push people away, yeah. he kept those close at arm's length. Yeah. Where Tony, he's like, call me when you need me. Whereas yeah. Rocket's like, I'm right by your side all yeah. the time. Yeah. He's an adventurer. Tony's a businessman. So yes, you're you right. will connect. I understand what you're saying. As far yeah. as a connection level, although yeah. he's a raccoon, he definitely connects more on a human level yeah. to people than Tony did. So I will give you that. Yeah, because I know you're a big Iron Man fan. But I can't say so, so that's why I'm saying. No, well, well, they, they're almost exactly the same because they're both really good with, uh, you know, electronics and, yeah, uh, really smart and technology tech, and stuff. Yeah. And they might actually be like the same level of intellect. They, say, they just yes. have different uh, spheres of yes. which in which they work. Yes, they like yeah. if Rocket's they, a hood guy. Yes, yes. Rock is working in some yes. dingy garage where Tony's in a beautiful laboratory yes. with Jarvis. You know? <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, Rocket's scrounging. Yeah, he's getting scraps. He, yeah, Rocket yeah. is essentially Tony in the cave in Iron Man One. 
You know what? That's, you're right. He is all the time. Yeah. yeah. Or or when we meet, meet uh, Spider Man in Civil War. Yeah. He's like dumpster diving. Dumpster diving. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So yeah, Tony's the refined, more classy Rocket. Yeah. Because you know Tony's a billionaire playboy philanthropist, where Rocket's a you know foul mouth little middle finger throwing little yeah. bastard, but. You do love him. He's one of them guys, like, he might be rougher on the edges, but once you break through that core, he's probably going to be one of your favorite people you've ever met. So, in the beginning of Guardians Volume 3, uh, the very beginning, we see a young Rocket getting plucked out of the out of all the raccoons to be experimented on. But then he goes to the credits, the beginning credits, and they seem really important, and I wanted to ask you, because they're playing an amazing so, acoustic version of Creep yes, by Radiohead. Yes. Which I believe was a B-side to one of their singles but way back mm-hmm. when. And do you think Rocket played that because that's how he feels about himself? Or one of, one of the very last credits, it's like, you know, I'm a creep, I'm a weirdo, I don't belong here. It says it right when it says... Written and directed by James Gunn, mm-hmm. who it was after he had been he'd kicked been out, and and he's already doing his DC stuff. So I wonder if it's like one or the other or both. I think you know? it's a bit of both because I think James Gunn sees himself in Rocket probably more than any other character that he's dealing with. Yeah. So I think it was a play on both. He was like, I kind of am Rocket in this situation, and I actually yeah. now I'm glad you actually brought that up. It's just jogged my mind a little bit i do think that james gunn wrote three the way he did because of his experiences at disney beforehand yeah and it kind of shows all through rocket's arc like not being good enough being cast aside even though you know i'm something very special yeah that's true you're right because the high evolutionary you guys know i'm valuable to you you know that yeah you're keeping me in the dark and you don't want me to succeed because you're the conglomerate that you are. Yeah, because I'm the proof that whatever you think you can do works. Yep, absolutely. But it's only because of what I'm only able to do. Only because of what I'm able to do. Yeah. And it's like, and, and I love that he got to throw it in Disney's face. Like, I just put out your highest grossing movie of the year. Yeah. What, what, you going to fire me again? Yeah. Give me my money. You know? Yeah, yeah. Like, and I'm like, and if I'm James Gunn, I might throw a middle finger to Disney and be like, I just wanted to give the people who support me what they deserve yeah. with this conclusion. So yeah. I'd be like, F you, I'm doing fire DC stuff from now on. Yeah. Because Disney just, they just love severing good relationships. They do. <laughs> I'm like, you guys are just going to keep screwing over people who are making you money over stupid things that shouldn't matter because they do their jobs properly. I think what worked about like the first two Guardians films, and, and especially this one, but the first two is that they were only like, peripherally involved in the larger story like obviously the MacGuffin, to coin a phrase from alfred hitchcock in the first film was an infinity stone mm-hmm. so it gave an opportunity to explain what the hell these things were yeah. uh to begin with to kind of set up you know the later story arc i think it was the first time we had josh brolin as thanos doing the voice yeah. i think someone else did it in avengers yeah yeah, because yeah, even Thanos looked different. He was more purple in Avengers. Yes, and and so so you know that there's a lot of key elements that paid off later. And obviously, Gamora and Nebula are Thanos's daughters, mm-hmm. 
and, so yeah, so to speak, and and all these things. But I think overall, the stories had less to do with the greater Marvel narrative than the other films did in the yeah. end. Yeah, and and I think that that helped them. I think it helped too. Yeah, I think it helped a lot because their stories are very much their own outside of the greater universe because. Tony Stark, as much as I love him, he gets so tied into the other arcs. Yeah, he and does. his arc alone kind of dwindles away towards yeah, the back end of the MC, the the last phase of the MCU. So it's like Guardians never felt like they weren't Guardians. Even, yeah. even Captain uh, Tony Stark, Thor, all the main players. They kind of got pulled in so many different directions. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, and even with. The Guardians being in Thor films, being oh yeah, in that's Avengers. right. They were yeah. in uh, Love and Thunder. Love and Thunder, yeah. yeah. Even with them being in Thor films and uh, Avengers films, they still were like, "We got our stuff to do." We're yeah. not. Remember, they left. They're like, yeah, Thor, they did. We love you. You've been hanging with us. You're great, but you ain't a Guardian. You need to get your ass out of here. We'll yeah. see you later. Call us when the world needs saving again. Yeah, you yeah. Know? So they're very independent of that, and I wonder if James Gunn hit Taika Waititi and was like, "Listen, you, you know." Use them, but don't be uh, overstaying your welcome. Yeah, you know? yeah. Because you, I don't want you doing something with these guys that's going to dilute what I want to do later. Yeah, because it would taint, like, you're right. It, it would have if they would have done any more. Because even though, I I forget, did, did you enjoy Love and Thunder? Because I know I did. I enjoyed it, but yeah. I don't. it wasn't as good as I hoped it would be. Yeah, it wasn't like Ragnarok. It was like a Ragnarok point like, out. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. It, it was it was funny. It had its moments. It was gorgeous film. And your girl was in it. Though. Oh yeah, you know, come on, man. You know that's my yeah. girl. So you know, and 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 that was you know one of the best parts, of course. But uh, she's always good, man. You know, and, and she's always good in hero flicks. You know, yeah. Star Wars. You know, um, oh yeah, that's right, Padme. Padme. You know, she's she's always good. And a lot of people don't like her, Padme. But I liked her. I mean, it's, how it's do you more work? George Lucas dialogue. Yeah, it's more the direction and the, <laughs> yeah, and the writing. Like, yeah, I, I definitely think George is more the reason. That An actor is only as good as their director. Yeah, bro. You can't sure. really outshine your director unless, as we were talking weeks upon weeks ago, unless you're Kurt Russell Kurt and Tombstone. Kurt Russell and Tombstone. Or, and obviously it. Val Kilmer also. Val Kilmer, yeah. Oh, and Michael Bean also. Yeah, yeah anyone in Tombstone yeah, can outshine their Tombstone, director. That's yes. it, but... Yeah, so I mean, like like you said, you're only gonna the film's only gonna be as good as a director. Like an yeah. actor can only do so much. Yeah. So, yeah, Love and Thunder is decent, but the Guardians, their role in it, you know, yeah, it's, it's minimal. They're fun. They're there for a good time, but yeah. they don't overstay their welcome. And I like that because if they would have did too much, then James Gunn's gonna have to take from there and yeah. add it in. It's like eh, it can get a little muddy, but. He really wrote an incredible screenplay for this that it paced so nicely and he intercut the editing is what really works well. The the intercutting of Rocket's story layered throughout yeah. the rescue mission. And it just makes you care more and more and more. And as it goes on, you're just like, bro, we gotta get this dude, you know? Do you like the uh the origin as flashbacks kind of motif instead of just like a straightforward origin story? No, I, think, I, like, I like it as flashbacks. Yeah. Because he essentially, he pulled off a Godfather 2 in this movie on ah. a smaller scale. You know what? Yeah, he gave you're us right. a prequel and a sequel in one. Yeah. And he did it well, just like Coppola does it well in Godfather 2. So, and I like that. I think it's incredible because 
you know, it feels like we're wasting less of our time because yeah. you know, we don't, you know, as much as we love watching films, we can't watch a million films because yeah. if you give us a rocket prequel, we're going to need a whole nother movie. Yeah, yeah. You know, so No, you're right. And it, it for some reason, it helps propel the story forward because then once Rocket comes to, you understand his motivation. Yep, yep. And it's all, and it yeah. happens all at once. So you can feel it more. You yeah. Know? There's no yeah. waiting because, you know, you lose. Your emotion is going to drop off a little bit if I got to wait another two years. Yeah, you know, yeah. To see what's going on. But I, I think he he wrote it incredibly. And we talked about Rocket, but we got to talk about a couple of – we got to talk about the other characters too. Well, how did you feel about Peter, like, still pining for uh, Gamora? And it's been, I feel like, years, gotta, but probably yeah, not. It's got to be yeah. like, at least – for us, it's been years, but for them, I'm not I sure. Like for them, it's got to be at least like what five? It, it would have to be like at least five, at least and, light years. Yeah, like <laughs> I mean, the space time is. You know, yeah, so, yeah. I mean, some time is probably gone. Like Peter Quill is actually probably a like way different age than he probably actually should be. Yeah, just yeah. being in space, he probably actually doesn't even know how old he really is. Yeah, you know, how like, can he remember? How can yeah? yeah. Peter Quill could be ninety five years old. Who knows? <laughs> He's but, as old as Captain dude, America. It's like, it's like an Interstellar. You know, like how Matthew McConaughey's character goes to certain planets and like times way different. Like an hour on one of the planets in Interstellar. Is a whole what is it ten years on Earth? Really? Yeah. So he's on this planet. He's like, dude, we we got like five minutes, dude. Because I'm like, because it's it's crazy. Because like his kids are like on Earth growing up, and he's not getting older. So he's like, bro, my kids and me are about to be like the same age. Wow. And like, have you seen it? No. All right, let me stop talking. No, you no, I, no, no, no. I, I know it's you. Christopher Nolan. Yeah, so. I don't want to tell you anymore. Okay. You know his daughter is played by. Jessica Chastain. Oh, okay. And you you need Jerry, you gotta watch it. It's it's Jessica Chastain plays his older daughter, and then uh Timothy Chalamet plays his young son, and then um Casey Affleck plays his older son. Oh really? So yeah, you you got bro, Interstellar, bro, there's some scenes they're gonna make you cry. Wow. Interstellar's I don't like how it ends, I will be honest. The third act is it's just I just went away with a different direction if it was my film, but it does not take away from the journey, man. It's, okay. It's it's incredible. But anywho, yeah. so you asked me how I felt about Peter still pining. Yeah, yeah still Gamora. pining for Gamora, because we all know Gamora got murdered in Endgame, mm-hmm. and, or Infinity War. Infinity War. Infinity War, and then in Endgame, oh, an so earlier cool. version of Gamora comes from the past to the future, so she never had... The experiences, experiences with the, the Guardians, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. So, I actually, I think it's good. I actually think he should. I think it was good for the story, for the directions, and obviously it's going to make him care enough to want to include Gamora in the mission. Yeah. Because if he didn't if he didn't still love her, he'd be like, all right, you go to your little outlaw bandit people, and we'll go save our friend. Yeah. But no, he wanted her around, and of course they did too. You know the rest of the crew. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Of course they all did. And Neville's, Neville's like, bro, still my sister. Yeah, because so does that make him selfish if he feels like he's the only one though that misses her? Because think about Nebula. Even though they obviously fought a lot the first two films, mm-hmm. and they were at odds almost the entire time. They like, still had it was it, it was you, sibling love still. Yeah, yeah, and it's like. I'm still because in the beginning when he's like drunk and Nebula like lays him down and he touches her arm and he's like I love you Gamora mm-hmm. how, how do you think that makes her feel you know because it's like one I'm not Gamora yeah two 
I'm sort of like an LGBTQ plus character yeah. now. You, you know what I mean? And, yeah. and not not to be funny, but she's like, why would I be interested in you? Yeah. But three, like, it's still my sister. How do you think I feel? I miss her too. Yeah, yeah. You know? And it's like, in a way, you could, from the outside, from outsider's perspective, you could be like, yeah, Peter's being selfish. But if it was you, you'd be the same way. Yeah, you know, it's yeah, like, yeah. Put yourself in his shoes like, dude, I'll be the same way. I miss her. He has yeah. never found someone like her in the galaxy, and he's never going to. Yeah. They had a very good connection. Their chemistry, I thought, through the first two films were incredible, especially as it grows. It, when you see how he reacts, when he finds out that Thanos is crazy ass threw her off a cliff. Oh, that yeah. boy goes crazy. That was probably some of Chris Pratt's best acting. <laughs> yeah, like, actually, know, yeah, it, yeah. It's I'm like, dude, he really cared for like he wanted to make some light green kids. You know, he did. He, he did. He wanted to make some light green children. With yeah, him. and, so, and with, other than. You know, sleeping with the Hulk, how else is he going to do it? How else is he going to do it? Maybe yeah. She-Hulk. Well, maybe, yeah. yeah. I, mean, I don't know if he can handle her. Yeah, I don't <laughs> think so. Yeah, I don't think Man. so. <laughs> but but Gamora and him had a great connection, and I liked that he still pined for her. And it, it made the motivations higher, up the stakes. I think it was good for the writing and good for the flow of the film. And, of course, there's still that. It, it, made, it made everything, all their interactions better because, of course – Gamora still Gamora in a sense. She's yeah. not the version he fell in love with, but it's still a version. It's still the it's woman he fell in love that. with. Yeah, she still looks yeah. the same. Her hair is a little different. You know, she's got. She looks like she's a little more scarred, maybe. Like yeah, she's got more a little rougher around the edges. Yeah, but she's still the same girl he fell for. So it's like, for the most part, you know, of course her attitude's a little different, her mindset's a little different. Yeah. but it's like she's just more back to how she was when we first met. Yeah, you know, she just was very. She was very like, dude, I, some Earthling white dude, get away from me. Yeah, because like, how often do you see white dudes? You know, yeah, you don't yeah, see white yeah. Dudes that much, you know. Because doesn't she say like towards the end? Doesn't she say something like, "I bet we were great together." Yeah, she does, and he's like, she "We does. were." Yep, she was yeah. like, you know, about yeah, it was something, so, to that something fact. to that. Yes, yeah, it was yeah. actually might have been her exact words. Um, yeah, I thought their dynamic through each film, it was incredible and. You know, of course, like, there's always a little love story in all these little hero films. But yeah. I think this one is perfect because it's not the center of the film. And But it's, in a way it is, but it's not the love you're talking about. It's family love. It's family love, Because yes. they made their own family. Yes, that was, yes, it's family yeah. love. It's like, yes, I miss you on a emotional, like, you know, in love level. But it's like, I just miss having you around with yeah. us. It's like, you're... Yeah. Your uh, Gamora or your um, Nebula's sister, your Rocket's aunt, you know, your Groot's aunt, your yeah. Drax's sister, yeah. you know, your, your Mantis's friend, you know, yes, or yeah. Mantis is like the adopted, like, like step on. I don't know. Like, yeah. Don't yeah. Know you're right. How because, you would classify her, but. Because she only came in in volume in two, two and the yeah. holiday special, mm -hmm. which I know you love the holiday special. Dude, it was awesome. <laughs> I really, I actually really enjoyed it. It was really funny. And I, and I like, and. The holiday special was great, just to dive in that a little bit. Yeah. It was nice to see Mantis and Drax connection in there because it carries into how they are yeah. in the third one. Because I actually got quite emotional in the third one dealing with their arc. Um, there's a scene with Nebula, Mantis, and Drax, and they're having an argument, and it's essentially about where their place lies in this group. Yeah. And Mantis says some very mean things about Drax that really hurts his feelings. And then she uses her powers and makes him forget about it. And 
that actually struck me really hard because it really makes you wonder what the people you love and care about around you, how they really feel about you and what they really think about yeah. you. Yeah. And what they hide to protect and your feelings. And what they hide to protect your feelings. And yeah. it's like, and that made me think, I know everyone that cares about me in my life uh, omits things that they want to tell me for the sake of my feelings. And it's like, it makes you think, how much do you want to know? Do yeah. you want to, it's not always good to know everything. Especially yeah. about what someone's thinking or feeling, because it's, it can just mess with your mind. And just like she said, if I would have led Drax to believe, if I would have let him hear what I said and keep going on, he would have left us. Yeah, because it would have hurt him that much. Yeah. She's like, whether or not I think what I said is true, I do think what I said is true. It is true. That doesn't define him and what our relationship is and what he means to this group. Yeah. And I felt that was a very powerful emotional arc between those three characters. And I was just like, James Gunn wrote his ass off in this. Yeah. He gave us a, a action drama film yeah. that works very well. And it makes you give a damn. I'm like, I really care about these dudes. And the crazy part is this. I, I started to talk about it before we were recording. And then I stopped because I wanted to save it for this. The original, like, there's sort of a version of this iteration of the Guardians. Because the original version of the Guardians is the characters from, like, Volume 2 that go to uh, Yondu's, like, I'll say, like, Viking funeral. A yeah. Ravager funeral. Yeah. Right? So it's, like, Stallone's character. It's uh, Michael Rosenbaum's character. It's Michelle Yeoh's character. Mm -hmm. Ving Rhames' wow. character and and Yondu, like they were all the original Guardians, yeah. and then this version only came around, I want to say like fifteen or sixteen years ago in the comics, wow. and it's not even this specific version. So what James Gunn did, I believe, with the first Guardians film was he showed that the concept of a Suicide Squad would work because yeah. because the Suicide Squad is villains. You know, doing things to save people. Yeah, and and his version of the Guardians, everyone except for Rocket, started out as a villain. Even Star Lord, yeah, Star Lord, because he's a little thief, criminal, and, little petty asshole. And in the comics, Peter Quill became Star Lord by murdering the guy who was supposed to become Star Lord, so he can get revenge on the aliens who killed his mom. That's oh, the wow. original comic version. Wow. So he was a a complete man, villain, really. Man, that. So, a Peter Quill prequel might have been uh, uh, kind of cool. <laughs> so so you have like Drax is a villain, Gamora is a villain, Star-Lord's a villain, Groot is a villain. The only one who wasn't was Rocket. Wow. So he took this concept, this because I've read before that James Gunn, he obviously made The Suicide Squad after, after Suicide Squad because he added the, the the to it. Yeah. But... This was sort of his way, I believe, of showing that that concept could work. You yeah. take villains, you make them heroes, mm -hmm. and you make people care about them. Yep, humanize them. Because he really loves the characters, and you can tell even from the first one, because Drax should just be a total shitbag yeah, really yeah, dude i mean he that should, sounds terrible he should he should be the least likable out of yeah, all of them i feel like but, but, but you he's love him. so great yeah and he's kind of terrible in the first film because he's the one who has ronan come and find yep. him mm -hmm. you know he's the one he just wants revenge for his wife and daughter being yep. killed yeah and but you but you get that I'm yeah like, yeah you that. do but he at that point he doesn't care about anyone he else he don't care about nobody else he but, grows so yeah much. but then you see like at the beginning of volume three 
he's getting the shit beat out of him from uh, Adam Warlock. Mm-hmm. And then that's when, like, Nebula, like, knifes Adam yes, Warlock nice through the chest. Yep. And, you know, and you see that smile on Drax's face because he knows that someone has his back. Somebody got his back, yeah. Whereas in the first one, he didn't have anyone's back and he didn't know if anyone had his. Yeah, man. Especially, like, yeah. dude, when they... The first one's great because... When they go to jail and they gotta work together, bro. <laughs> yeah. That's that's when where they, they meet Drax. Yeah, that's when. Yeah, the, you're right. Like that's when everything. Like you yeah. just know something special is about to come from them, man. Yeah. That, the first one is a is a banger, man. But yeah. like it is great. But I did think I like the third one more, just because like you like just like we always talk about. You needed the first two to yeah. get something this great. Yeah. So I respect the first two, but the third one's just next level, next level. And the second one is kind of like, I don't want to say it's trash, because it's not bad. It's not as good as one or three. No, no. Like, and and that, I love Kurt Russell. Yeah, and he was good in <laughs> yeah, it. It's great. it's just that they focus, I think, too much on Peter's story. Yes. Although Yondu and Rocket bond really well. Mm-hmm. Love Yondu. It. And it's like, they... Especially when they're in jail together mm-hmm. on the ship, <laughs> you know, like I think that's when they realize each other's value, and then uh, Groot, young baby Groot, finally gets the fin yeah. for Yondu, yep. and then they like break out with uh, uh, Kraglin's help, and it's like I think that's the best part of that film, yeah, to show like how because they're all redemption stories, yeah. Because even Yondu... He has the best arc in two. Yeah, he does. He has the yes. best arc. He's amazing yeah. in two. I'm Mary Poppins, y'all. Yeah, he's, Is he cool? Hell yeah, hell he's yeah. cool. That's the best part of the movie. Him with that damn arrow. Yes. Awesome, dude. He's <laughs> fucking awesome. And yeah. He, you, and, and his arc is so good in there randomly because... He feels like such an asshole. Yeah. But then by the end, you're like, you realize he's that amazing. He, you're yeah. like, he actually gave a real damn about Peter. He's like, yeah. he looked at Peter like his son. So and, like, and and you have to realize, like, honestly, that's like a shout out to like stepdads. Yep. You know what I mean? Because he's like, he may have been your father, but he wasn't your he dad. He wasn't your dad. Yeah. 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 He, and it, he was a sperm donor. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, wow. Because, you know, I don't think. I don't think stepdads that are there get enough credit. Enough credit you, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or even dads who are there yeah, don't, don't get enough credit. But, hey. but you know, cause, just because they're there, so you get taken for granted. Mm-hmm. But it was kind of nice to see that, that even though, because obviously Ego was a deadbeat dad. Yep. I mean, let's throw that out there, oh, too. To billions, apparently, yeah. from all the skeletons you see. Uh, only to Mantis and to uh, Peter, Peter, was he not a deadbeat yeah. dad? Which is or, or even Peter, like, it's only for a short period of time. But it's just it, it blows my mind that Quill and Mantis are technically like bro and sis. Yeah, yeah. I was so, I'm like, wow, that's such an so strange. Yeah, you know, you guys share the same DNA. Yeah, but but, but we got we got we got to get into some of the characters. Okay, like, yeah, I'm sorry, I keep going. No, on no, side. we we got we got to get into uh, the main guy. So we we covered Rocket pretty yeah, good yeah and a little bit we, of we talked about quill pretty good yeah but we got to talk about some of the unsung heroes of guardians like mantis Nebula. Yes. I uh, think, who do you want to start with let, who, let's who, are you, start, who are you feeling let's start with let's start with nebula okay um nebula i did not like her much in the first guardians yeah 
But man, by the third one, Nebula may be my overall favorite guardian. So it, she sort of, I, I just realized as you were speaking, she's kind of like Loki. She is. Because Loki, are, and like her and Gamora kind of have a Thor Loki Thor thing Loki going. type. You're right. Yeah, yeah. And and you're right because she really has a, re- uh, everyone in, in Guardians has a redemption arc anyway. But hers almost more so. Yeah, I was like, hers is one of the best ones. Yeah, yeah. Because she is like, she's ruthless and she's willing to yes. do. She's yeah. willing to do whatever for Daddy Thanos's crazy ass. Yeah, yeah, she is in the beginning. Yeah, she's like all yeah. about it. She she's all trying to catch Gamora and yeah. you know she's going insane. But man, as she rolls with the team, she really finds her place. And that actress. I forgot her. It's like what's Karen. Like Karen Ka- yeah, I was like, it's Karen something. Yeah, Incre- incredible, yeah. incredible. Because I watched her in like Jumanji and other stuff. Oh I'm yeah, like, she I'll was on Doctor Who for a little while. Also, way back. You know, I, I'm not a whoer. Yeah, I know but a little bit. The but newer Doctor Who, I should say. Of course, say. I mean, yeah. she's not that old. Yeah, but um, she she played this role so well. I'm like, what they do with the costume with her melts her like. Like one of my buddies, yo, he was like, "My God, she's a redhead." She is, which yeah. I don't find her very attractive. Okay. She's okay. She's all right. Yeah, I find her more attractive as as uh, Nebula. Wow. If you want me to be honest, wow. you prefer her a little blue. I prefer a little blue, <laughs> and it's but it's not that she looks like. Oh, look at that girl physically. It's her arc and her voice and yeah. her presence and the way she is and like. I just like her attitude and vibe. She's a vibey chick. She's kind of like um, you had watched Terminator Three because yeah, I, I watched yeah. your your what you watched mm-hmm. last month. Uh, is she kind of like the the female Terminator in Terminator Three? A little bit, man. Yeah, yeah, especially like her abilities. Yes, you know? Yeah, she, yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah, let's talk about her abilities. Yeah, she's badass, dude. This is a chick you want on your team fighting. One, she's almost like. A robot in a way yeah so she can like kind of like interchangeable parts essentially if yeah. she gets messed up she can kind of put herself back together and she gets bucky's arm from rocket she for does. Christmas. yeah she does yeah yeah and like the last fight scene when they're all fighting together oh, and yeah. they're playing no sleep till brooklyn from the vc boys bro that's one of the best action scenes of the year and they break her whole body down and she's like noodle limp like her neck's like her head's like behind her back, and she just like snaps herself back together and just starts beating fucking ass. And I'm like, <laughs> she does, dude. She is so she bad does. ass. I'm like, she yeah. is hardcore. I'm like, out of all these guys, man, I'm like, Nebula is definitely one of the top picks who I'm taking with me for a fight. Yeah, uh, she she's super slick and cool, and she really does grow. And she becomes honestly a leader. She ends up she taking does. on like a kind of a Princess Leia type of role and really doing things for the greater good. Yeah, yeah. And she wants to make a life for everyone on their little, you know, their little nowhere. Nowhere. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, yeah. that, that's what it's called yeah, K N O W, but they, nowhere. She wants yeah. everyone to live there and be free. And yeah. that's really what her main goal is. By the end of the third film, she she's almost like one of your favorite characters, Batman. Yeah, because his his goal in becoming ba- Bruce Wayne's goal in becoming Batman. Spoiler alert: Bruce Wayne is Batman. <laughs> uh, his goal is to have no child suffer the way he did. Yeah, by losing their parents. Losing so parents. I think 
her goal, especially because they find all those kids and stuff mm -hmm. and all the animals, she doesn't want them to have to suffer the way Thanos made her suffer. Yep. And Thanos, and, and, I, and you feel bad for Nebula, too, because you know she was always the second fiddle to Gamora. Because yeah, Gamora always won. They would fight. Yep. He would have them fight. Mm -hmm. And every time she lost, he would replace a part of her body. Yep. And it's, dude, that's so like, God, Thanos, yeah. what, a, what a great Sadistic. father. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, she was always in the shadow of Gamora, like... And, and they're two girls, like, if this was the Earth world and you put them out there, everyone would be like, oh, well, Gamora's the prettier one. Gamora's the oh, smarter yeah, one, the yeah. more talented one. And she'd always be sitting in Gamora's shadow like, I fucking hate my sister. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, but that's what happens. That's what happens. And, that's, yeah. and you know, I know so many siblings that go through that, you know, in real life. That's why I'm glad I have a sister that's way younger than me, so we never had to be compared <laughs> that way. But wow, that is good. Though. It's it's that's that's how they are, and the fact that Nebula grows to really actually appreciate her sister for who she is, and finally got to take the umbrella of Thanos off of her and see her for who she was, yeah. and she grows to love and care for her just like any other sister. Like yeah, like when that yeah when Thanos takes her in Infinity War. And he comes back empty-handed. Nebula was the first one. She's like, where is Gamora? Yeah, you're right. Yo, she was the first yeah, one. She like, was... yo, somebody's missing. Where is she at? Yeah. He's like, you know, Thanos was sad. Obviously, right, yeah. he wouldn't even got the stone. Soul for yeah. a soul. You got it. It's got to be somebody you care about. So, yeah. And that and that's one of the, that's one of my favorite parts of Infinity War, too. Honestly, the best parts of Infinity War are all the Guardian arcs. Yeah. Like, one of the best parts is when he goes to get the stone and he realizes like, all right, I need to give up something I love. And Gamora thinks she won yeah. because she thinks he doesn't love her. Yes. And you don't love anything. Yeah. And you see him, you see this man start to tear up and she's like, oh shit. Yeah. You know, she's That's like, why I'm here. Yeah. She's like, yeah. oh damn it. Yo, he actually did care. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then he's like whoosh and i'm like bro what the hell i was like man it's really going there and i mean nebula is all about it she was like nope this dude f this dude you know yeah. like, dad you've been a dick my whole life and now me and my sister finally got a relationship going and you take her from me yeah so her arc is incredible she's she's a funny character she's got that really dry sense of humor she does you know, yeah she, yeah she's very very interesting and i love the way the actress plays her she she plays her to perfection the look of her is cool with the kind of like mosaic-y looking face yeah with yeah different colors you're right because like, it's blue and it's purple, blue and, purple and like like shades of like gunmetal gray and stuff yeah it's yeah like yeah colors in it yeah it's, uh she she has a very cool look she's Honestly, one of the better characters, you know, she is amazing. Um, what your thoughts on Nebula? I uh I think that like her and Rocket, once um, you know, people disappeared, because I forget how many guardians disappeared in Infinity War. Ro Rocket stays. Yeah, and so did she. So did she. Doesn't Quill stay? No, Quill goes. I think he disappears. Yeah, Quill disappears. I think Drax might Drax disappear. disappears too. And Mantis. And yeah, it's just yeah. it's just Rocket and and, uh, 
and, and nebula, nebula and probably like a twig of Groot. Yeah, 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 a little piece of Groot. Yeah, because yeah, it started growing back. Yeah, and he, because uh, Groot was also uh, the handle to uh, Stormbreaker for Thor. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. that, that's when they start putting him in the pot, right? Yeah, and I he think starts so. growing. Yeah. So, I think, I think that's a turning point for her. Like once her and Rocket uh, only had each other that form that dynamic that you see like i think at the end of uh volume three because isn't yeah. she the first one to call him she captain calls him captain yep. yeah she's i think the she's one the first knows, one yep, she's the one she's like who acknowledges you're the guy that he's she pretty much tells him like you're the reason all this goes yeah without yeah you, this doesn't go yeah as long as you stay in this there will always be guardians without mm-hmm. you there wouldn't be guardians yep and yeah and she does she and she's incredible yeah, you're right, and she's uh, multifaceted, and I don't say that just because of all the joints that can, <laughs> that can rearrange themselves yeah. like a, like some kind of upper-level Terminator. Yeah. But she uh, she ends up, after Volume 2, like finding, just like all the other characters did in Volume 1, but she finds that family that she wanted but probably didn't know she needed. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, and didn't expect to find it. It with these, yep, with these random, this motley crew yeah, of this whatever freaking band of misfits. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. She, yeah, she need. She, you're exactly right. I don't think she knew she needed that. She probably felt like you know what, I can do everything by my damn self. Yeah, what I need anyone for. And doesn't she even tell Drax in Volume Three that he's useless? Yes. Yeah, yes. and it's like, oh my god, I was like, like yo, that's why I was like, man, I. They were. I felt rough. I and, felt there was a point I felt for every character in the film. Yeah, but like it. Okay, the one thing, if we can just move on to Drax, really, really yeah, quick or whatever. We'll jump, we'll jump right into Drax. Go okay, ahead. okay. Volume two, he's like, I have sensitive nipples. Yes, and then it, you know at one point he's like, my nipples when when he puts the rocket pack on him, right? Why the hell is he wearing a shirt and a jacket and stuff this whole movie if he has sensitive nipples? Yeah, I don't know. Tell me. I, I need to know. know. What happened to your nips? <laughs> Maybe you got them pierced. Uh, Maybe. To take out some of the, the to desensitize them. Maybe Mantis made him forget he has sensitive Maybe nipples. She, you know. Yeah. I wonder if it works like that. It probably could. It could, most yeah. most things are psychological. Yeah, because so. remember, she kept like, she was there to help Ego sleep when he yeah. needed to recharge. Yeah, I'm like, most, yeah. Yeah, Mantis, Mantis is great. Drax, Drax, though. So yes, I'm sorry. We're, t- we're gonna talk about Drax. Drax, Dave Batista. Oh my God, what an actor he's become! And you know, even in the first one, there's a little bit of Drax in there, like the Drax that we know now. Let's mm-hmm. say, and slowly, because of how Drax moves, anyway, you know, he's like blending in, right? Yeah. So <laughs> he becomes. The Drax that we kind of know and love now, mm-hmm. like by by the holiday special, I think Drax is fully formed. Yes, because he has to go through whatever he has to go through. Like, like why would I? Why would I drag my finger across his throat? Yeah. you know, <laughs> it's like no, that's it's an expression. Yes, you know, like yeah, like like we had to get to know who Drax was mm-hmm. first. To understand the brilliance of his performance, yes, I believe. Yes, Dave Batista. Yeah. I think he. I think Dave Batista's strongest trait as an actor is that he very much understands all the characters he's played. Mm. Every movie I've watched Dave Batista in, 
First of all, he's a good performer. He is, actually. He's yeah. actually a good performer. As, as a wrestler, I mean, it's weird because you have The Rock and John Cena John now. John Cena, yeah. But you wouldn't think of... Dave Batista came out of nowhere, kind of. Yeah, thing. yeah. He came out of nowhere with the with the skills. Like, yeah. We saw The Rock. The Rock was always one of the most popular. He was always very yeah. theatrical. We knew it wouldn't be weird for him to transition like this. Dave Batista took my storm because I was actually still watching wrestling a little bit. Yeah. When he, like, that was towards the end of my wrestling watching, but he was yeah. new. Um, he had hair back then, but yeah, because um, the first thing he I ever saw him acting was a season six episode of Smallville. Wow, and I think Lil Bow Wow was in that episode too. Wow, he so, wasn't a bad actor either. He was no. a lot of stuff. Yeah. First thing I saw Dave Batista act in, I'm a little bit embarrassed to admit, but it was actually an adult video. Oh um, my, <laughs> really? Yeah, he has an adult video. Wow, um, it was. I guess he could, he must have been hard up. He was. <laughs> he was hard up. It was on the side B of Paris Hilton's One Night in Paris. Oh wow! So yeah, you can if you if wait. You, why would they put those two? Dude, together? I have no idea. It was it was his, it was on it. Wow. Yeah, you know, back in seventh grade. Wow. My boy slid me the the bootleg copy of One Night in Paris, and that was on it. Wow. So that was the first time I saw Dave Batista perform wow. <laughs> well was so, he any good is really I mean, the question hey, I'm, I'm like dude listen what was he, he up to the task he was up to the task I'm okay like, i mean i'm not gonna i i'm like hey i see why you're confident so you know, <laughs> go for it right you know and <laughs> i mean i don't know what else to say no i i believe it or not but, i understand exactly and now people saying. watching this are about to go be looking up the dave batista yeah well, what was it called you're the movie guy Bro, I'm, <laughs> like i said all knows the b-side of one night in paris wow so if that helps you maybe find that yeah online. so it was like a double-sided dvd it, it, was, it wasn't double-sided it was like the main feature and then like oh okay the extra scenes on it was, oh, was, was the day okay stuff. Wow. yeah so yeah it was wow it was that's a bootleg copy that would it. probably be better than watching hulk hogan either Bro, way. i mean probably dude yeah, I mean, brother <laughs> right <laughs> that was perfect uh, you know like but, what um, but yeah hulk dave hogan. batista is incredible at everything he's in including and- Adult films, apparently. Yeah, I'm like, dude was born to act. <laughs> Either way you want to put it. Wow. And Drax actually, probably in a weird way, besides Nebula, probably has the most character development. Uh, yes. Because. I, you're right. Because even he's dancing at the end. Yeah. And he starts out, like you said, he's not a nice guy. No, no. And he becomes the lovable idiot you just want to hug every time you yeah, see him. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's that guy. He's the big guy at the party that everyone knows and wants to be around. Yeah. You know? He's the guy doing a keg stand with you. And he's the guy who's going to help you out if you're puking too much. Yeah, yeah. And he's the guy you know. If someone looks at you the wrong way, he is going to handle that for you. And he becomes that, though. His relationship that he grew with Quill and grew with Rocket and especially Mantis. Him and Mantis pretty much become best friends. I... I think he loves Mantis. I think he in, in, I think in he a was romantic kind of in love way. with her too. I yeah. was like, he wants, to, and I was like, it would be so cute. Yeah, but because he always tells her, like in the second one, like how ugly she is and yeah, stuff. Yeah, and that's like the like, old bully method. Yeah, like, it's like you're beautiful on the inside. On the inside, you yeah, know, it's the old. Oh, I bully you because I'm actually attracted to you. Yeah, you know, from yes. back in old playground sandbox yes. type of puppy love. Yeah. Because let's keep let's keep it real. Drax has the mind of like a 
12 year old yeah you know so, yeah yeah so it makes sense that would be his way of flirting with a woman yes you know he doesn't understand much he's dumb yeah you know, yeah he is dumb like let's not i'm not trying to be mean drax is dumb yes but he understands enough to get things done but he yeah. fucks up all the time oh yeah <laughs> like, but he's also like i'll say like impetuous because in the beginning of volume two is when he jumps into that monster and thinks he's gonna get it from the inside. Oh yeah, and he's yeah, he's and, just and and then Gamora slices it open, and he's like, "I did it all I by did myself." It all by myself, yeah. I'm like this guy. Yeah, he's yeah, he's fearless too. He yeah. ain't afraid of nothing. He'll jump on the grenade. But it was to save everybody else. Yeah, and because he, he thought that's all he could do. That's all he could do. And yeah, essentially, yeah. and that and he's so much more than that. Yeah, and that's why I love his arc, especially in the third one, because yes, he's a protector, an enforcer, a funny guy, but he's also a comforting soul. Yeah. And people love to be around and they need him yeah because those kids they trust him they trust and he him can communicate he, he knows with how him. to talk to him yeah yeah, I'm like, yeah they're like you know what they're saying and, <laughs> and that's when nebula becomes jeff winger from the pilot episode of community talking to abed i see your value now yes yes he did <laughs> yeah. yes he, he did you know i wonder if I wonder if James Gunn was watching that. I, they, I mean, he worked with the guys who directed those oh, I episodes. Was watching so. it. He might have been on set. Yeah, because it was the uh, <laughs> the Russo brothers. Yeah, yeah. he might have been on set that day. They, they directed most of the first How two far seasons. They come, wow. Yeah, they come really far. But Drax yeah. is—he's a great character, man. He's, and I like Drax's look with his like gray skin and the like yeah. red, like whatever the hell designs on him. And of course, Batista's fucking huge oh yeah so he really looks the part great and it's like batista's like i'm sure he's used you know um performance enhancing drugs in the past but i think now he's that going was for all, that adult film oh definitely you know <laughs> i think i need a performance yes, enhancing a lot drug of performance right enhancing now. drugs um, <laughs> but i think for the recent guardian movies i think he's went all natural and it gives him which, you know, when you're that big and muscular, it comes with weight. And you're not going to be shredded everywhere if you're natural. Yeah. So, sorry, guys. If you're 230 pounds and you're muscular, you're not going to have freaking six-pack. Like, it's it's just you're not going to have bulletproof abs if you're natural. It doesn't work that way. <laughs> well, that's good to know. That yeah. explains my dad bod. <laughs> this keg that I have instead of a six-pack. Like, bro, I'm, I'm about 200 pounds right now. I'm like, dude, maintaining abs for me is like, oh, my Lord. <laughs> you know, it's insane. So... You know, if I gain twenty more pounds, oh my god, they're gone. But I'd be freaking huge. You know, I look yeah, like yeah. I look like I'd eat you. You know, Th so. that actually explains a lot of wrestlers' bodies. Yes, though. that's it why does, they're built. Yeah. They're big shoulders, big back, big chest. But a lot of them will have a little bit of stomach. You know, and yeah, some bigger thighs and legs and butt area. To have muscle like that, it requires weight. Yeah, and if you're doing it naturally, dude, you you're not body fat is gonna hide muscle definition yeah so even though that's, that's my strong seriously that's why the strongest <laughs> men in the world the guys who squat seven eight hundred pounds bench five yeah. five pull pounds, buses with their teeth yeah those yeah. guys look fat on the surface yeah they do but they're You're right. fucking strong as hell yeah but you need that weight to be able to pull that weight so yeah it's like drax, that makes sense yeah so drax's body type i feel is very perfect for that kind of role because he's so strong and big but he looks like an actual dad-like figure that would be that big, strong dad type because he is a dad type. Yeah, and he's a protector. He's You're a right. He's a protector, and I yeah. like that. He doesn't – he feels – although he's an alien, he feels very human in a sense. Yeah. And he almost maybe feels the most human out of all the characters, even Quill. Yeah. Because – 
He's quite, everyone knows someone like Drax. Yeah, and in the comics, I believe Drax was a human. Oh, and, was he? And I think Thanos took him, like, killed his wife and daughter. Of course. And then turned him into, like, that. Like, what he looks like. I mean, I'd be like... Yeah, because I think he was just green and had, like, a different costume in the comics. Then later on, he had... They're not tattoos, but, you know... Uh, yeah, essentially, like, tattoos. Yeah, we'll call them tattoos. Yeah, the, the, the Madonna henna tattoo yeah. period. <laughs> thing yeah yeah he, he he does have a cool look I, yeah I think his look is cool but but that might be why he seems almost more human because originally he was yeah but then he got like away from that because he was kidnapped and mm-hmm. and, then, and all know, that you got these you're powerful now yeah yeah you, you, forget, you forget all forget that about you that. forget you your do. humanity you forget your humanity you know yeah. what i'm saying like barry forgot his humanity yeah you you're know? right and when he lost his power he's like holy shit i'm a guy yeah, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm slow. God. Yeah, I'm slow. Oh god, that, god, that scene is so <laughs> great. Oh my god, I was, I literally just laughed for like five straight minutes. It that. always keeps going back to the Flash, but I, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because I think what works in the Guardians also worked in the Flash. It did because it it shows a humanity and uh, of oh God, I'm I'm struggling for the words because I'm always. I, I rewatched The Flash again last week, which I know is shocking. I mean, I'm, but, it's not it's a good watch, though. <laughs> but I was thinking about it because of the way that uh, Rocket's origin was in Volume 3. Mm-hmm. They kind of do the same, although Barry is literally he's flashing literally back. He's literally flashing back. Yeah, yes. yeah. I'm like, he's actually yes. going there. Yeah. But so, it does show you how things got there. Yeah. Same like with Rocket. And, yeah. and I think that's what made me think of it, was that... They sort of incorporate the same kind of thing, just like the Batman. Mm-hmm. I, I rewatched the Batman because I've been wanting to. Awesome. And yeah, and it's it's such a slow burn. I'm watching it now. Like, I can't believe we sat through this whole thing in the theater. Dude, I was glued, man. <laughs> I know, so was I, I though. I was glued. I was so mad I had to pee at one point. I was like, <laughs> bro, I ran in that bathroom. I ran. I was like, come on, piss, hurry up. Yeah. I was like, jeez. You're like I was, punching your bladder. Dude, I literally oh, was yeah. like, oh, God, why is it so much? I was like, never get the large Sprite again. You know, I was literally like, Christ. I was uh, like, man, I was so mad. Like, And it is such a slow-burning film. Yeah. It's like... But the beginning starts out with just the right amount of action to yeah. put lock you in. Yeah, tension and, then and it action burns you through. Yeah. so nicely. But in that film, they don't go directly into it like Batman Begins does. Oh yeah, they go right in. But they reference enough through. It's more like news clips of flashbacks, so you get an idea of his origin. Yeah. And who his parents were. Now, Batman Begins does a better job of showing who his parents were before the origin that everyone knows yeah, of Batman. Because I mean, that's a Batman Begins is a straight origin. Story, yeah, it is, know? and it's and it's linear. It's linear. Yeah. So and it's Nolan. <laughs> yeah. So it's it might jump ahead a few years here and there, but it's still pretty linear yeah, as far as what happens. Goals, you know. Yeah. And, yeah. And, you know, it's a, when you find out, you know. Who the villain really is at the yeah, end? But Alfred. I mean, yeah. Spoiler alert: It's Alfred the yeah, Butler. Alfred, yeah, he's an he, ass. He wanted all the money for himself. I, I don't blame him, <laughs> Sir Michael Caine. Yeah, you know? yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I mean that's that's definitely a full on origin. But yeah, yeah. The Batman definitely cut in just the right amount because yeah, he just Matt Reeves gave us just 
enough of what you need to know because he he didn't treat his audience like they weren't fans. Yeah, he treated the yes. audience like you know who I'm talking about here. Yeah, I don't need to hold your hand through this. Yeah, and he showed us something different about Thomas and Martha Wayne that we didn't know we before. We didn't know. Yeah. yeah, he was like, I'm gonna give you some different stuff. Yeah, you know this. You know this character. Everyone who paid to be here on opening night knows yeah. who this guy is and his whole story. Let me give you something different. Yeah. They're coming for you again. I told oh, you, quit yes. committing crimes. I know, I know. I gotta stop. It's these guys. I, I live pretty close to a police station too. I think that's yeah. another problem. Yeah, we're right off the <laughs> one of the busiest streets in yes. town. Yeah, the cop stations near. So, yeah, you know, he commits crimes all day. Which oh, is always why we talk always. about heroes and villains so much. Yes, and well, and which one is which? Really? Yeah. <laughs> Is Lex Luthor a villain, or is he trying to stop an alien menace from taking over? Lex Luthor's a fucking villain. Okay. <laughs> well, that's him. That discussion. I mean, I mean, dude, he only... he It's all selfish game. It is. It is. Of course. Of course. But, but if he can use that narrative to, uh, to sway people's opinion, it's he a, will use it. He's very much political in that way. You might as well call Adrian from Watchmen a hero then, too. Who? Which the, one? The, the the villain in the Watchmen. We might as well call. Oh him oh, um, Ozymandias. Oz, yeah, might as well call him a hero then too. Well, if we're gonna call Lex a, a hero. Yeah, that's true. You're right. Yeah, Lex he was is, not a hero. He was not. Lex no, is no. an asshole. Oh, he is completely. <laughs> but, but I love but to Gene him, Hackman. Oh, <laughs> I love he is Gene great. Hackman in it. I I was weird on him at first. Like like when I'm first, I'm like. Hackman though, yeah, because I know him from like all his like crazy yeah. dramatic roles. But it's know? right after the French Connection, yeah. You know? So and, it's like and the Poseidon Adventure and stuff. I'm like, I, yeah. I'm like the Hackman I, I'm used to is just just not this, you know. Yeah, so yeah. it's like, wow, this is it. But it just shows you how good he is. You know? Yeah, and then him as Royal Tenenbaum is perfect perfect yeah i'm perfect you know but anyway, we're not yeah, talking yeah, about yeah sorry Pac-Man sorry here. so 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 back to drax uh, yeah, drax so. yeah and and you don't really know much about drax's origin other than the fact that his wife and daughter yeah, were murdered by yeah. i think ronan even though ronan was working for thanos at the time and that's why he wants to go after thanos yeah uh, drax does at you the know, end of the first without his without thanos to say yeah so so, so it's interesting though because you you still grow with him and get attached to him as a character because in spite of not knowing anything really about him, other than how he treats the people, people that he's made his surrogate family. Yeah, he's he's become that father like figure. Yeah. And and weirdly enough, Mantis does play a motherly role because she's the nurturer. She is. She's the yeah. one who takes care of everyone when they're hurt. She's yeah. the one who puts everyone's mind at ease. She's the one yeah. who makes sure everyone's getting enough rest. And I think that's why they kind of gave off a mommy and daddy kind of vibe. Yeah, they did. And that's why I was like, at some point, are they, they going to get together? I really thought they yeah. were at some point, but I just don't think Mantis saw him that way. No, unfortunately, but only because she never got a chance to see him be that kind of nurturer that she is until it was almost yeah the end yeah. yeah so like if honestly i hope they never do any more guardians Yo, like, leave it alone, without james please. gunn it would be the same yes please don't just and let it be. unless like you know warner brothers discovery decides to reboot their stuff again without him i would not want to see anything with these characters without these, his yeah, name so on it yep. because they wouldn't be the same the voice wouldn't be the same nope like Rocket wouldn't be the same, even if Bradley Cooper's doing the voice. Like the voice in the writing the wouldn't be the same. The voice in the writing is what matters, man. Like Peter Quill wouldn't be the same. It wouldn't 
like Drax wouldn't be nothing would be the thing that attracts you to these characters again and again because I don't know how many times I've watched like the first two films and even the the holiday special I watched a few times and I it was way and, better than I thought it was gonna be and look I know people that have watched the holiday special and were like bawling like babies because it was so sweet and and they and they realized like. You know, they realized that. I think that's what it was. Like, they, they felt the emotion of the characters, but they, you know, kind of grafted that with their own feelings about the holiday. Yep. And how they feel about family. And how far people go to make people happy on the holidays. Yeah, It's the most stressful yes. time of year. Yes. These dudes kidnapped an A-list actor and brought him <laughs> to another planet yes. just for a friend. Yeah. You know? Crazy. Yeah. But funny thing about the holiday special, just when they actually break into Kevin Bacon's house, it's fucking hilarious. The way they're chasing him, like when they're jumping on the side. Yes, yes. But when when he has when Drax has the, the elf, yeah. And uh. he leaves it inside and he's like, Wait, I left my little man inside. <laughs> and she's like, You can't go get it. And she's like, You gotta make a choice. Make Peter happy or get go get your little man. And he's like I want to go get my little man. I was like, yo, that's why you gotta love Drax. And I'm like, yeah. that's just the like childlike fun nature of Drax. He's like, he's the dad you would have always wanted. Who would have, yeah. you know, he'd be like, dad, let's go throw the ball around, play with me. He'd be like, oh, he'd get more into it than you would. You know? Yeah, yeah. It's like, it's just, yeah. but his whole goal, because it was his idea, he wanted to make Peter happy. Yeah. Which, you know, he, he does still I think he does look at Peter like a son almost, or yeah. at least like a little brother. Yeah. You know, one yeah. or one of the other, you know, because yeah. Drax, I would say, is probably older than everyone, right? Yeah, I, I would think. think. So. Yeah. Because he was oldest. already in the jail. Yeah. I was like, yeah. I would think Drax is older than everyone. You know, he I mean, he is the oldest one out of all of them, actor wise, and you know, um, Yeah, he is. And in the his character. So he did feel like Older brother, father, like, I want to do something nice for my bro, my son, whatever. And that was really sweet. And, of course, Drax went about it in a Drax way. Yeah, like, he's beating like, up okay, a go-by. Maybe if, yeah, <laughs> maybe if you could throw me over the, just yeah. throw me over the fence. And just like, like, you didn't let me finish. You know? Yeah. Ow. <laughs> so, so, yeah, he's 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 an incredible character. Um, I, yeah. think he's a, I think he's a character, everyone. He's a comic relief, but he's so much more than that. You yes, know, he's so much more than that. That's just just incredible, right? And and Mantis then because we talked a little bit about their dynamic. Like when they introduce her, you don't know what to think of her. You really don't. One, you don't even know if she's a good or a bad person. Yeah, you know? yeah. So you're like, you're, first of all, what is she? You're like, okay, you're half bug, half human. Okay, yeah. you got some cool little weird powers, but. You don't seem like a fighter. Even though she kind of... In the Christmas special, she was going hard. She was, I was like, yeah. Where was all this fighting in yeah. all the movies? Even, <laughs> even drinking, yeah, she was going hard. Was I was like, wait a minute. That's what I really liked yeah. about the Christmas special. It was like... It felt like if James Gunn was like, I just want people to see the Guardians not doing crazy shit. Just enjoying being them every day. Yes, yes. Dudes. That's yeah. what's fun about it. Just seeing them. Like the song at the beginning... And Peter Quills was watching. He's like, you, you just got these instruments? Yeah, yeah. Like, that's right. that was funny as hell. I'm like, this is cool. Now, have you ever seen the travesty that is the Star Wars holiday special from like 78? I refuse to watch it. 
I I believe because there's like some animated sequences in this, I believe this is like his version. Because obviously, the Guardians is almost, especially now, like a better version of Star Wars. Yeah. In in a lot of ways. Yeah. Not, not the original. Yeah. Though. No. Not. No, not the, but I mean, yeah. That's as, that's yeah. As far as like a modern thing, yeah. it kind of made its own universe mm -hmm. like like star wars did it really did and i think the holiday special having the animated parts because the star wars holiday special is at least famous for one thing introducing boba fett in the animated sequences yeah, yeah. now the rest of it is a tra oh, travesty no. but i think so this is like a better version it's almost like a oh, reboot it's a, it's and and, and something that i mean it's hopeful like you said yeah. it's sweet it's uh it's I want to say it's almost non-denominational in a way, even though obviously they're celebrating Christmas. But like, even that song that Kevin Bacon ends up singing mm -hmm. with those aliens, yeah. like, there's something about that song that like, it's uh, it's almost bittersweet and melancholy yeah. in a way. And in a, and a lot of times you feel that way at Christmas. Yeah, time. Absolutely. absolutely. Especially if you can't see your family, yep. and and maybe that's why those guys I was talking to about it, maybe that's why they got emotional. Because not you can't always spend time with your family, or you've lost family, awesome, yep. and you think about the times really you did spend times, together, yep, the memories, yeah, and that the how like, and he I'll, captured it, yeah. I will be watching the holiday special around Christmas time for sure again, yeah, I'm every year. Throw it on, yeah, you know, short, quick watch, you know, but if you cut the credits out, it's probably like thirty-eight minutes, maybe, yeah. So something. it's not too long, you know, about forty-five. If you watch all the credits, yeah. But I thought the holiday special was really great in showing. How much these people, these, these guys aren't, this isn't just like a business relationship or yeah. just like, this isn't like just, these are my partners. We work together and this is a job. No, these, these is my homies. We work together. We play together. Yeah. yeah. And they're, and they're getting nowhere together in that yeah. special. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's incredible. And Kevin Bacon even sees, you know, in, in a quick, you know, just yeah, very brief amount of time, he sees the amount of care of these freaky looking people. Yeah, or because he's for, as you would be if Drax walked up. Drax was in my house. <laughs> I shit my pants. Yes, yes. Not because how big he is, because I what don't know what like he is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, like when he calls the cops, he's like. There's some people in costumes here. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, yeah. Like, but I, I, I really, I really do like um, Mantis's character, though, and I think the holiday special in three really showed us who she is. Yeah, and she's a sweet girl. She's a nice lady. She she's almost as innocent as Drax in a lot really of ways. Is. Yeah, she she isn't an evil spirited person at all. No, she never no. really had any evil motivations. And she just, just wants, wants to help. help. She, she just wants, wants to nurture and love. And that's the type of woman she is. She's the type. She will make a great mother one day if she decides to have children. Yeah. You know, and she's the type of person who understands that you can't always do everything that sounds right to make the ultimate right decision. Yeah, you know, like the things she hides from Drax, or yeah, she hides from everyone. I'm sure she hides things from everyone. That she probably knows more about each of them than any of them do about each other. Yeah, because she's that sensitive, yeah, and she can she can feel what she's thinking. She can yeah. feel emotions, so yeah. she knows more about all these characters than any of them actually do about each other because she can feel them. Yeah, so yeah, 
Mantis as a character is extremely interesting and fits the piece, is a perfect piece of the puzzle that makes them a whole unit. Every character in here is needed to make the ship go. If you pull one of these out, like if there was one of them missing in this third film, you would have felt that. Any yeah. one of them, from the smallest to the biggest. Yeah. If it was Ro- obviously you missed now after seeing the third one of Rocket wasn't in it, you'd be like, okay, what the hell was it? Yeah, but, yeah, this isn't a Guardians. Yeah, movie. like even like because I'm like, they gotta have Gamora's gotta have a role in here. It's not a Guardians movie. And yeah, yeah, she had a big role, so I'm like, good. Yeah, and and he found a way. You're right. Even though other Marvel writers and producers separated Gamora from the Guardians, he found a way to bring her back. Yeah, he was like, because it's not a Guardians movie. Yeah, it's not a Guardians movie without. It's yeah. so Saldana, bro. Like, yeah, it's not a Guardians movie without her. She's a legend already. She's still she's only like 45, 46. Yeah, so I'm like, she's already a legend. She's been. A, she's an incredible actress. I mean, look at from Avatar. Avatar. She just. Colombiana. Colombiana is awesome. Drumline. Dr- oh my God, that is her. Nick Cannon's girlfriend. I didn't even think of. Yo, yeah. Drumline was like one of my favorite movies when I was like. And look, that was probably grade. one of her first films. Yeah, it might have been her first film. Yeah, yeah. It, that's like, what, oh, two? It's something yeah, around like, there, yeah. Oh, I saw that in theaters with my mom. I think I was in fifth grade, man. Wow. Crazy. Wow. That was a good one, man. Nick Cannon actually yeah. put out a good performance. Yeah. Um, He's not a terrible actor. Oh. He he is not, and you know what? He hosts the Mass Singer with Ken Jeong, mm-hmm. who and you know the Mass Singer is just a fun show a lot to watch. Of people love it, man, because there's no stakes. Yeah, there's nothing. You people are yes. people are just doing what they do because they want to do it and they love it. You don't really win anything. Yeah, you know it's it's actually probably the most fun show on TV because. There's nothing involved other than people having fun. People love The Masked Singer. When yeah. it first came out, I did not think it was going to take off the way it did. It I took didn't either. The fuck off. I was like, holy hell. I had said I did not like Ken Jong until I watched The Masked Singer. And now I love him in Community, Hangover, Dr. Ken. I, I, didn't, I wasn't a fan of the Hangover movies. I was not. I apologize. That's an argument for another day. I like I like Todd Phillips as a director, though. Just the Hangover one. I don't care less yeah. about two and three. Um, just I might have to rewatch it though. It's been good though. I saw it like probably it came out in 09, so I saw it either then or 2010. So I might not have been in the right frame of mind. It's on Netflix. Check it out. It's one of my favorite Vegas movies too. Yeah. Um, I mean, Mike Tyson, right? Mike Tyson, bro. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Mike, yeah. He said, don't worry about Omar, man. He's not with us no more. (laughs) That was a good Mike Tyson. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) He said, spinal. Fucking Mike is great. But anyway, sorry, guys. Yeah, yeah. talk about Mike Tyson. Um, So, yeah, Mantis as a character... Is I think she was a great addition adding her in the second film, and he added her in so seamlessly it felt like she was always there. Yeah, it's, it's weird. It's like yeah. watching the if, going back. You watch the first one now, no Mantis. You're like, well, this is kind of weird. Yeah, it <laughs> is weird, and it's the origin of how they all got together. But you're right because after two, because she's in most of two. Yeah, she's in anyway. Pretty much in the whole damn thing. And then you know, Infinity War, uh, Endgame, and. Volume three in the holiday special, you see her throughout. So yeah, you almost—it's that Mandela effect. Yeah, she's like, like oh, the, she was always around. She's like the main character in the holiday special. Yeah, her and Drax, her and Drax are, are the two. They carry it because yeah. you know Quill's only in it for probably about ten total minutes. Yeah, you know, but it's them. They go to L.A. They go and do, you know they do all the stuff. They hit the gay bar and get Swayze. And yeah, have and, a great time. And, and you can tell it's a gay bar 
which is great because it's a Disney thing. Yeah. So it's like Disney, I think, slowly is trying to be more inclusive. Well, I mean, I think they're, I think they're on that train already. Yeah. I, in spite of people getting upset at, you know, the way that they're being inclusive, like the representation. Mm-hmm. I mean, at least they're trying. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just my only problem with my main issue with Disney is see, I'm fine with them wanting to be inclusive, but with that they're they're doing wrong things too, like firing James Gunn. Yes, That's yes, part yes. Of their inclusivity. Oh yeah. Like, yeah. You know, it's like, oh, we're trying to, you know, make everyone happy. Yeah, because people like, got offended at a tweet from twelve years ago. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like, like oh, what? We're, we're trying to be all inclusive, so we gotta fire a guy who made us two billion. Yeah, but the thing is you hired him after that tweet. Yeah, yes. yeah. You had him yeah. make things after so that tweet that you fired him for. Y'all should have did your freaking um, yeah. pre-screening a little yeah. bit better. And it's a tweet. If That's if people actually got fired, twelve years ago. If people, people actually different, you know? but if people got fired for the stuff they tweet, why no is have a job? Why is uh, Cult Cult Forty Five still around? <laughs> you know what I mean. The Forty yeah. Fifth President. Yeah. If people get fired for their tweets. Mm-hmm. Anyway, sorry. Right? Crazy. Sorry, I hate right, to get that, political. He was the, but he was the ultimate tweeter. I mean, that dude yeah. stayed on Twitter. Yeah, you know? I mean, he like, would he would be shitting on the pod, tweeting. Yeah, yo, for real. What a, like, a, down in drop, the dumps. Drop the, <laughs> down in the dumps. <laughs> Uh, oh, getting porcelain pleasure. Yeah, you yeah. Know? Like, what Everything, the? Every thought he had, he let us all know. You know? <laughs> yeah. Some people loved it, and obviously others didn't, but. Yeah, uh, but oh my God. But yeah. I, I'm just saying, you got to be across the board. Yeah, you can't pick and board. choose. Yeah. A guy who makes films doesn't get fired for his tweets, but yeah. the president doesn't. So it's yeah. like, come on, man. Yeah. yeah. What, what, what are our standards here? And one we voted in. Yeah. Well, not really. If you could do the counts, but you know what yeah, I mean. You know, Technically, college, you know. yeah, yeah. The electoral college voted him. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, <laughs> yeah. I've, anyway. Anyway. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. that's a so, different podcast. Whole different. Yeah. Yeah. So this this is about another unfair thing about him getting fired, making the Suicide Squad, and then Peacemaker, which yep. is incredible. They watched Su- Disney watched Suicide Squad. Like, Call. Just My God, he could, he still has it. You're like, hold him back. Yeah. Give him whatever he wants. Yeah. Hey, hey, James. How you doing? <laughs> Disney here. Mickey Mouse. Yeah. Listen. You know, we may have jumped the gun. The James gun. Yes. Yeah. You know? Yes. Not the Tim gun. The, yeah. We jumped the James gun. <laughs> and we got we got $35 million for you. What's going on, pal? Yeah. He's like, I'll call you back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let me see what DC will do yeah, for me first, DC, if they'll let me. 30, yeah. Can we you know? like, and and you know what? Props to, like, Warner Brothers. Rain? Yeah, Thunder. It was supposed to today. The oh, weather's all. Awesome. Yeah, great. <laughs> yeah, it gets better. It just gets Heat better. wave and thunderstorms. Yeah, it's one day. Fantastic. It. Uh, it's a lot of credit to, to Warner Brothers and DC Studios for being, um, I'll say, kind enough to be like, you need to finish this. Yeah. Go ahead as long as you come back. They probably like, we want to see how it ends. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. They're like, dude, but, we want to see how it ends. But, but all but, it did was just add to his resume. Yeah. And now he can be like, hey, I need 10 more million. Yeah. And be like, well, here you go. Yeah. Because what, are you going to say no to a dude who just made $900 million? Yeah. And the thing is, like, you don't think about that. Like, DC, said, now that he's under contract with them, being like, okay, go make... Your holiday special and your movie, that's cool because we still have these other projects that are going to come out. 
and then start your thing. Yep. Like that's awesome that so they, they believe in him that, that much. And yes. now you can fully be here with us. Yeah. Yep. And of course, dude, I would too. I'd be like, dude. Is James Gunn here? I'm not going to say no to him. Because, <laughs> you, know? you know, next, he wrote a new Superman movie. That's what's next. Yeah, Superman He's Legacy. Directing? I believe directing, he wrote it. Yeah, so... We might have the best Superman movie coming out <laughs> since 1978. Eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we might. Because think we about might. how he handles these characters. Because, like, Peter is sort of almost like the... Uh, I'll call him, like, an anti-Superman. Yeah. Because he has no real, powers, no real powers, and he came from Earth and went into space. Went into space. He went, yeah, he he went <laughs> yeah. backwards. He's a reverse yeah. Superman. He's a re- he reverse Superman is, is better. You're right. Reverse Superman. Yes. Went to outer space, no powers. He went to Earth and had powers. <laughs> yeah, so, but reverse. But James Gunn, I believe, after rewatching these, he's a lot like Alan Moore. Because Alan Moore, obviously, Watchmen, V for Vendetta, yeah. we were mm-hmm. talking about. Uh, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. He wrote all these great books. Uh, Miracle Man. From Hell, he also wrote the book that movie was based on. Uh, He does a lot of research, and he really loves the characters he works on. And Alan Moore wrote uh, the last, like, Silver Age Superman story, which was incredible. Whatever Happened to the Man of Tomorrow is what it's called. And he wrote a really great uh, Superman annual from 85 that he and Dave Gibbons, the guy who did Watchmen with him, worked on called uh, For the Man Who Has Everything... That just uh, that, that that's another that's the oh, thing Felicia put up. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. So he also wrote uh, for the man who has everything, which is a really great story about Superman getting a gift from Mongol, who's kind of like the DC version of Thanos. It's a plant that puts him in like a coma and makes him think that like he's still on Krypton. It never exploded, and what his life would be like. Mm. It's an amazing story, but Alan Moore loves the characters so much he researches like everything and he and grant morrison d- does the same thing like with his batman run later on but he's kind of like alan moore light because alan moore was first mm-hmm. and i believe james gunn is like the film version of that like he loves these characters so much and i i believe he does so much research into them that he's able to to pull like the essence of them and still have them work in the context of like the mcu yeah. Even though he's he's retaining what makes them great as characters, and not all the films are able to do that. Yeah, and so I think he's honestly like the cinematic superhero, cinematic Alan Moore in that respect. Like he's able to keep everything intact, have you care about everything that this character has ever gone through yeah. on that journey you take with them. It's Dude, amazing. That, he is incredible incredible with characters yeah. i think that's his strongest point point. and if he can nail superman oh, it's the, the, the way he nailed rocket like if he can make us care that much about a raccoon no he can definitely make us care about superman yeah exactly because yes. superman is a tough character to crack because in a way he could be almost omnipotent yeah on earth so if he can find a way to do it like grant morrison has in the past and alan moore has in the past it would be so gratifying to see i need him to put it on screen like richard donner gave it to us yes because superman the movie i know you love it i loved it man for 1978 it's just like yeah i'm really i i truly don't know how he captured all that stuff into one film like yeah yeah it's it feels like so many different genres it is it's like it, it feels like 
a drama, a romance movie, a comedy, an yeah. action movie. It's like, it, and in a way, like even the beginning of it, the Smallville stuff taking place like in the fifties. It's a period piece. It's a period piece. And yeah, it's like, yeah. It's it's just I was I was really blown away with what Richard Donner gave us. You know who film. you know who wrote the original draft of that script? Mario Puzo. What the, the Godfather. Godfather. I was like, yeah, Godfather. You, you know that yeah. name. Yeah. I was like, the I guy who wrote name. The Godfather wrote at least the original draft that became Superman the movie and Superman 2. I mean, there were some rewrites and things like that in between, wow. but Mario Puzo, that was his basic story wow. for Superman. What a writer. And, yeah. and, and think about it. Uh, Vito was an immigrant. He was. So is Clark Kent or Kal-El. Yeah. Kal-El. You know what I mean? So in a way, I wonder, I never thought about this till just now. I wonder if you can watch Superman the movie and Superman 2 and see. Let's see if you can parallel Godfather yeah, 1 yeah, yeah, the Godfather 1 and 2. Just how they, um, like an immigrant story. Actually, you actually can. You actually can. That's a whole, that, that's a whole different episode. Yeah, yeah. If you want. We could do that one of these days. Yeah, yeah. Compare Superman 1 and 2 to Godfather 1 and 2. Because they're a little more comparable than you probably think. Yeah, yeah. Um, And and now that you say that. Well, I just thought of it because of the writer, believe Mm -hmm. it or not. And and obviously Richard Donner had a lot to do with uh, the success of Superman. And not really, too, because we had that discussion before. Yeah, that was mind-blowing. Because the Donner cut yeah, was obviously mind. later, <laughs> but 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 you know, it's still like amazing to see how because uh, we're talking about James Gunn and his writing, not only his direction. Mm-hmm. So how much uh, a writer influences what we see? Oh my gosh, it's everything. Yeah, it's, the writing is where it all starts, man. If the yeah. writing's ass, the yeah. product at, at best can be mediocre. Yeah, you know, at best because when stuff's well written. If the director's there, it's going to be good. And It's going to be good. And honestly, I believe Andy Muschietti, whose name I'm sure I'm butchering, I think he did an, such an amazing job. It's, I'm going back to The Flash again. Because Christina Hodson, who wrote the script, I think she really did her homework as far as like what makes these characters work. She definitely had to. And and I I know he did uh, uh, the director. I'm not going to butcher his name again, just for his sake. Mm-hmm. But I I think in the same way because not many people know the Flash anyway. Yeah, he's a very un- underrated hero. Yeah, so I think they uh, they did a great job in the same way that like Superman the movie did, or even like Tim Burton's Batman. Yeah, and I I want to say Batman Begins because that's also an origin story. Iron it, Man one too. Oh yes, Iron Man. Yeah, oh Iron Man and. One. Sam Raimi's Spider-Man. Sam Raimi's Spider-Man. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Sam Raimi's Spider-Man, I believe, is just as good as Superman 78. I would say... As far as origin? As origin, yes. Yeah. I would say it is. Yeah. Because it reminds me almost the same pacing. Yeah. It, it actually is very similar Cause, pacing Because he yeah, doesn't get his costume till like an hour yeah, in. Yeah. I was like, it's like it's the same. The yeah. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. It's a, you're deep in. Yeah. I have to... I love Sam Raimi's Spider-Man, but I don't know, man. It's just something about... Something about that first Superman movie just hits a little bit different. I don't know. It's man. it was um the right thing at the right place in the right time. Everything because we may have said it a long time ago now, but I think it's because Star Wars made that possible. It did. Because you could actually believe a man will fly or mm-hmm. could fly 
Because you just saw all this stuff in space. Yeah, you saw this psycho stuff. Yeah. And you're like, and well, anything's possible now. I yeah. just saw a walking carpet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So George Lucas, honestly, in a way, is probably responsible for the superhero. Oh, boom yeah. I would have because to say. Not only special big... effects wise, but everything he, he pioneered. Yeah, I would say George yeah. Lucas and Steven Spielberg are the biggest contributors. And, yeah. and groundwork layers for the modern hero film. And, like, yeah. of course, Donner has to be thrown in there, too, because he did oh, kind yeah. of do it first. Yes, you know, yeah, he did yeah. kind of show us this could work. And then all the sci-fi and adventure movies Spielberg did in Indiana Jones. Oh, yeah, just, definitely. It just showed us, like, you know, we can start blending all this with yeah. the action and the effects and the space. And then, you know, now we got the MCU. Yeah, because Indiana Jones proved, like, you could probably do a Batman movie. Yes. W- like without any real super real heroics. Super heroics, yeah. yeah like yeah. a regular guy can be a hero. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. he, honestly, Harrison Ford as Han Solo and Indiana Jones predated Bruce Willis as they John McClane. They did. And you're right, because Harrison Ford is just like a regular dude. Regular ass dude. That could kick ass. Mm-hmm. Right My God, you're right. Dude, yeah. And that was over a decade before Die Hard. Yep, yep. That's what I'm like. He might have been the first every man. Yeah, Maybe I think he, he was. was. I'm like, yeah. yeah. Wow. wow. So we got through Mantis. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. So we got like Groot. Groot and Gamora. That's Groot and Gamora. Yeah. Who do so, you want to do? You want to do Gamora? Because we talked about yeah. her a little bit with Peter and with Nebula because of her the loss of her. Yeah. Let's talk about Gamora. It's weird, though, because Gamora is probably the lesser of all of them in a weird way because yeah. of how her arc goes after Infinity War. She's more like the damsel in distress really in, a, in a lot of ways, yeah. even though she's never she's really never in distress. distress but, but, yeah. but that's like her, her trope. Her trope. It's like yeah, yeah. she never really knows what's actually going on. Yeah. You know, she, she's always thrown and, into some fire randomly. And, and she falls for Peter, but Peter falls for her. So it's that... Yeah. Because then we talked before about like how films like feels like Mario like, Peach le- almost love at first sight all yeah, the time. Yeah, but they but it wasn't with them. Like no, could, no, you could tell Peter was, like, was yes, you could tell Peter was like, yo, this green chick kind of hot because <laughs> he's like the Captain Kirk he of is. Guardians because he he had that chick in his ship when he stole the thing in the yo, first he one. Did. He's like, oh, I forgot you were here. You know, sorry, I forgot you were here. But he's yeah, because he's sleeping with whoever. Yeah, he, yeah, he's, yeah, he's literally. He is playing a Han Solo type of role. Just, yeah, yeah. You know, being a, a, a ship ride crusader, you know. Because even Gamora mentioned something about like his pelvic sorcery. <laughs> <laughs> right? When, when, when they're listening to uh, Fooled Around and yep, Fell in Love yep. in the first one. And she's like, I'm not going to fall for your pelvic sorcery. Yeah, that- <laughs> I, I like I like yeah. that, that phrasing James Gunn wrote yeah. for that. And yeah. Gamora's awesome because she's like, she's this really like rough around the edges chick that you know though like if if you break past her surface she's probably amazing because she yeah. is, i mean it's Zosa, she's a pretty woman and even as green she's pretty green blue whatever color she seems to be yeah, yeah. Um, oh yeah, yeah it depends on the film yeah franchise. yeah you know we, she can be brown she can be green she, she's a lot of colors guys she's yeah. like a rainbow human yeah so the more though she's fearless she's badass you know, she has a lot of emotional trauma, though, growing up with Thanos. And yeah. I think she actually carries it more than Nebula does. Because I think she felt the pressures of being great more than Nebula did because he put so much on her. And also because she knew, even though she doesn't really acknowledge it, she knew that every time she won, she was hurting her sister. Yep, every time she yeah. did. 
And she cares about Nebula. You yeah, know, she like, does. They may, they may have that, like, that little sibling rivalry, bickering, and all that. But at the end of the day, it's like, oh, still my sister. I'll still ride or die. Yeah, like, yeah. Because even, even in Guardians 3, when she doesn't, you know, she doesn't really remember everything, she still knows, hey, this is my sister. She yeah. called me up. You yeah, know yeah. I mean? Like, so that, they still know, like. Oh, yeah, because she saw, ne- she saw Nebula kill the other Nebula mm-hmm. in, in Endgame. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's nutty, but. Gamora is, she's almost like, she's obviously one of Quill's main motivations for wanting to be great, wanting to be a a better guy, wanting to be a part of something. And their relationship blossoms very nicely. And it is unfortunate how it goes. Yeah. But when you think about it, I like it because it is realistic and it's different. Yeah, it's something you know. It's this is not the the hero always typically gets the girl, or they're always like they're always there. Where Gamora, although yes, they were in love at one point, they're friends. Yeah, and it's like they can be just friends. That can work for them. Yes, Peter will always want something a little bit more, but he knows how to handle himself and his emotions enough to be her friend to get things done. Yeah, And it's like, of course, throughout the third one, they bond and they bond. And she does start to see, like, oh, I can see why I might have liked this dude. Yeah, yeah. Bit. She's like, he ain't the worst looking guy either. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. It's not like, like he's Andy from Parks and Rec. Yeah, dude. We're talking about Chris <laughs> Pratt now here. Which, I mean, let's keep it real. James Gunn made Chris Pratt. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. Star-Lord made him, bro. He, yeah. Like, it wasn't Jurassic. Jurassic Park sucked. All the, all the Jurassic Parks with... Chris Pratt sucked. Only Wait, reason to watch is for Bryce. I was going to so say, I was going to say, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's <laughs> like, the only reason you watch him, you know, just to, just to look at her. But, you know, Star-Lord is what made um, Chris Pratt as an actor. And now, of course, now he's he's Chris Pratt and he's done all kinds of cool stuff. Yeah. But Gamora is what really, I think, brings out Chris Pratt's performance in there. To make him shine. Because Star-Lord is a cool dude, man. He is, like, actually. He is a likable character. Yeah. And despite what you may think about Chris Pratt as a guy, because, you know, he's... A lot of people say he can be a fucking dickhead, and he's he's full of himself. Which, I mean, if you get that famous and that rich in that short amount of time, it might How can do he that not to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, might, it might do that to Cause, you. Because, look, he struggled for at least... What? 10 years? 10 or 15 years yeah. as an actor before that. Yeah. So, yeah, once you actually hit it, I mean, he's like, I finally did it, man. Yeah, yeah, he's but like, it's after all those years. Yeah, so, it's I'm like, like, so he's like, I, I earned this. You yeah, know why do you want me now instead of then? I'm uh-huh. the same dude. He's like, what? Because yeah. I lost some weight, got in shape, look a little better, making a lot more money. Yeah, and they're like, yeah, <laughs> yeah we're superficial. Yeah, that's exactly why. Yeah, um, yeah. you hit the nail on the head. Yeah, buddy. shit, I could have said it better <laughs> myself. But uh, Gamora is is definitely. A fun character. Zoe Saldana is a great actress, so she brings this vigor and excitement to her character. It's fun watching her do action scenes, man. Yeah. She's she's a really good physical performer. Um, Gamora's she's badass, man. She's like she's like a good looking piece of broccoli that'll kick your ass. Wow, you know? that, that's how I look at her. She always reminds me of broccoli. Really? Yeah, she's green and salty, like. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, she does have that. Uh... She is, is sinewy the right word because she's thin, yeah, but muscular. But muscular, yeah, yeah, she's, yeah. She just reminds me of, like the stalk from a piece of broccoli. I don't yeah, know yeah. why, but she she is awesome. But I do think out of every character, she's the most underrated. 
know, yeah. and, but there's a purpose to it. You yeah. know, I think he had a plan all along. Yeah. Um, so, and I'm sure, you know, when he got with the Russos, they sat, went back and forth for weeks, months. Yeah, probably. Yeah. About this, you know, so, cause he's like, listen, what y'all are going to do is going to really change the trajectory of what I'm going to do later. Yeah. So, you know, they had to sit down and, but Gamora's awesome, you know, yeah. she's, but I will say she's, she's a lot, she's probably going to be your least favorite just cause you don't, you don't spend as much time with her. Yeah. And then, and then you have Groot who you spend almost all the time with and you still don't really get to know, him, know him at all because of his limited speech. Pattern. Limited, very, very, very limited. Speech yeah. Pattern. Only time you know what he's saying is when someone repeats it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So that you hear what he's saying through other characters, which ain't enough to tell you who he is. But one thing you know about little group, big group, medium sized group. Yeah. His group is a rider. And he's gonna put his life on the line for the team every yeah. time for everybody. He Everyone. saves them in the first one. Yep. And dude, his abilities are incredible. Yes. Man. When he yes. can wake and grow, and he's yeah. hella strong, and he can like transform, and he pretty much is immortal too. It seems he's like he's never gonna he, die. He's yeah. all, a piece of him's always gonna regrow. Yeah. Unless yeah. you maybe burn him literally down to nothing yeah but even then like a rush from the ashes yeah you know, he's I'm like a like, phoenix yeah right? I, i'm like he is like a phoenix I, I do think that Groot as a character is probably the most indestructible yeah but he's he's your little brother he's your yeah. little kid bro that you're tagging or, on bro and i actually after the first one he almost becomes their son yeah because they have to regrow yeah, him regrow. from a twig yep, it's crazy and and in the second one you know he's that tiny tiny Groot or like baby Groot or whatever oh, <laughs> and and like at the end during the ravager funeral he like falls asleep on drax's shoulder mm-hmm. you know and it's like it's it's weird how his dynamic changes the the bigger he gets within the group yeah because they do treat him age-appropriate to Each what time, he is. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like, when he's a teenager, they're like, quit being so angsty. Yeah, quit, he's like, I am Groot. I am Groot. <laughs> like, quit being such a little shit. You know, they yeah, treat yeah. him like a teenage kid. Yeah. And then when he's jacked like manly Groot, they treat him like a dude, like a yeah. man, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. Groot, they treat him like a baby. So it's like, it's just funny to see how they do treat him like a child. He's still childlike, though, in all yeah. his phrases, even when he's big Groot. He's like... He might be like a 22-year-old. You know? Yeah. Like young, steroided up 22-year-old dude who thinks he knows it all, but he's still, you know, his parents still tell him what to do. Yeah. And, you know, he's he's always a rider. If Peter's like, Groot, let's get it. He's oh, like, yeah, because Groot's the one that... He comes through at the end, yes, you know? he, he does. does. Groot yeah. always... Groot is actually a day saver quite a bit. Yeah. In all of the films. And then, like you said, he becomes a... The handle for Thor's uh freaking axe. yeah, but Stormbreaker, the Stormbreaker, yeah, yeah, like yeah, a piece of his what was it his arm or his leg? Yeah, yeah, it was his one arm. Yeah, because he's the only thing that could like that was like strong enough, strong to enough hold to it hold it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, so yeah, he's and that just shows you he's something special that of his own. I mean, just yeah, I thought Groot was incredibly interesting and well written and designed. <laughs> yeah, character. He's and, incredibly complex in spite of. The limited simplicities of him. Yeah, he's so yeah. Simple. He's limited speech. You never really, you know what he's thinking, but you don't know what he's thinking. Yeah, you have an idea, but you you never have full picture. 
You know, it's like you're seeing it from far away. Yeah. You don't see the full details because you're like, you know, it's like, all right, he's mad right now, but I don't know how mad he actually is. Yeah. It's like he's upset right now, but I don't know how upset he actually is. Yeah. So it's like you always got to play a guessing game with him, but you have to look at the characters around him and how they react to him to kind of grasp what it is he's actually thinking and how he's feeling. So Yeah. In a way, it's almost like... Um... Rocket is Calvin and Groot is Hobbes. Yeah, yeah. in a lot of ways. Yeah, because he because he does interpret for him most of the time. Although it gets to the point where like Peter knows what he's saying yeah, and, and Nebula does. and everyone. Yeah, yeah. yeah After a while, like, but at first yeah. it was like because at first like everyone like kind of looks to Han like for Chewie's thoughts, and after yeah. a while everyone knows what Chewie's thinking. Yeah, you know? yeah, like, exactly. It's like yeah. Chewie, sorry, right, cool. Yeah, after a while everyone, you know, it's something I guess you you get used to or you learn or whatever. But yeah. I mean, it's just like, I guess it would be the same if you were around, say you got locked in a, in a house with someone who spoke a different language for a while. After a while, you two would start to pick up on certain phrases and things yeah. from each other, like the basics, like, because if she, say it's a guy, he keeps saying something to you in Spanish and he's pointing, you're eventually going to know what that yeah. is. You're about, okay. He says the game, oh, you want the toaster, whatever, just, you know. Like better words, you know. I'm I've not. I've had those experiences at work, like individuals that didn't speak any English at all, mm -hmm. and after after a while, like you know, you take care of them for years, you know how to communicate without language. Yep, yep. Yeah, that's pretty much what ends up happening. Yeah, that's what ends up happening. But yeah, I mean, Groot, great character. He's a him and Rocket are kind of the heart and soul of the team really they they are yeah they don't true. the team doesn't go without them too yeah and that's what the third film really really shows you and and anyway i'm, I'm guessing whoever's listening to this has already seen them all yeah but if for whatever reason you haven't seen the third one it's on disney plus now so you got no excuse and as is the holiday special yeah they're both on there i would watch them back to back I would I would actually probably watch the holiday special first because yeah. it does carry into the third one pretty nicely. Yeah, a couple important plot points. Yeah, yeah, and it, it'll definitely it'll definitely give you some perspective on things in the third one because like a lot of stuff in the third movie made sense to me after I watched the holiday special. So, I mean, I I gotta give Guardians as a series. It's got to get an A plus, man. Yeah. It's got to get an A plus. They're highly entertaining films. Action, comedy, you know, some emotional drama, great writing, character dynamics. The actors all buy in 100%. The, like, he used the budgets, right? You see yeah. it on the screen, you know? Yes. You see yeah, see it on the screen. There's no wonky effects. No, the CGI you is know? excellent. Yeah. Like, everything looks good. Like, even Marvel, like... Uh, I'm one of those nerds. I like to see who do who does like like the concept art mm -hmm. and stuff. Andy Park, he was a comic book artist like in the '90s and stuff. He he does visual development with Marvel Studios now. He honestly, I think all three films, he's done a great job of fleshing out what the characters look like and for to help the costume designers and the set designers and everything. Andy Park and his team. With these films, because I think he also does like the Thor movies and and other films, because he he works for him, he does a lot of it. But I think with the Guardians films, he just does such a great job 
of making everything almost iconic. Yeah. Because you can just, you, you can see it without even seeing the films after you see them. Because mm -hmm. yeah. they stick with you. And that's, and that's a sign of a great artist. As, along with, obviously he works with James Gunn. So James Gunn knows what he wants. But having the, those other people, yeah, to translate know, it, it's incredible. It out there, like, and and we should give credit to those guys yeah, behind the scenes. They don't get enough. They no. don't get enough at all, man. Yeah, costume designers, costume for example. Designers, guys. How yeah. about the makeup artists who are putting these guys in makeup for six, seven, eight yeah, hours? Yeah, yeah. It's insane. Look, even the catering people that feed them. Yeah, feed them. Like, you know what like, I mean? Like everybody. Drax and Gamora to get in those freaking <laughs> characters. Bro. Yeah. Like Bradley Cooper's like, yeah, I just get to sit in the booth. Yeah, Vin Diesel's like, bro, I just probably he Vin Diesel's probably just recorded all his voice like one time. And they yeah. probably just reuse him. Yeah, just speed it up, slow it speed down. Speed it up, slow it down. <laughs> change the pitches. Yeah, that's all you got to do. But yeah, I mean, so what? What's your overall score of Guardians as a series? As a series, I would I would have to say the same A plus because from the moment after uh, from the moment the credit starts in the first film. And that Redbone song mm -hmm. comes on. You know you're going to have a good time, yep. and it doesn't disappoint. Yep. It never disappoints. Oh, that's one thing. The soundtrack. I was, yep. I was, yeah. I was like, one thing neither of us really brought up. You yeah. brought up a couple of the songs, but all three movies have banger soundtracks. <laughs> like yeah. Some of the best 80s and 90s music, some 70s stuff sprinkled in there. Yeah. But Peter Quill... Definitely has good music taste. So much so that he literally risked his life to get an old Zune from like 2006 or seven. No, um, Yondu did. Oh, yeah. Yondu. In the second one, because yeah. Craglin's like, Yondu got this at a scrapyard yeah, or something. Yeah, he got him the, uh, the, uh, the Zune. Zunes yeah. were cool, man. I was always an iPod guy, but Zunes were a cool little competitor for a while. They didn't last long, but yeah. they, were, they were cool. They were different. Man. That was Microsoft, wasn't it? The Zune or something? It might have been. It I might have been. Yeah. Made Zoom, man. I'm shocked they didn't live longer, but they just. I don't know. Something about Apple's interface just seems to resonate with people. Yeah. But uh, I think, man. I think. I think we covered this. I think we covered this well. I think so. I think we laid it all out. You know, one of James Gunn's first films that he wrote or co-wrote was the Scooby Doo movie. From O two. Yeah. Believe it or not. Love Believe it. it or not. Love it. Matthew I, Lillard. Perfection of Shaggy. Yeah, I think I think they should do a sequel, another sequel, because oh, they did they do did one. A shitty sequel. But I think they should do another one because I'd love to have Scooby be like, you know, like right, Raggy, and have Raggy be like a laba 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 because it's the it's a, it's the other Shaggy. Like, wouldn't that be great? That would be great. I can't believe James Gunn's co-wrote that, but it is a good film. Yeah. Scooby, I love that movie when I was a kid. Yeah, man. yeah. I love the Scooby Doo movie. Look, Scooby Doo is actually a great franchise. Oh, Even yeah. a lot of the cartoons, like the early oh, ones, for sure. And I think that uh, over time, things get uh, to coin a phrase from Sofia Coppola: "Lost in translation." Lost in translation. So as time goes on, like it's not the same as it was in like '69 when it started, no. or like through the '70s. Mm -hmm. And that's when it's like, just show me the old when stuff. When did Scrappy get introduced? Believe it or not, I want to say 78, 79. I was like, it was closer to the 80s. That's, yeah, because he was throughout the 80s. That's what a yeah. lot of people lost interest. They were like, yeah. puppy power. Oh, my they God. They were not a fan. Yeah, Scrappy Doo is the worst. <laughs> I was like, why is he but, so angry? But look, you have like Scooby Dumb was great. Yeah, Scooby, Scooby D was Dumb. great. Yeah. Yeah, dum, dum, dum. Dumb. yeah, man. 
Oh man, I might have to go back and watch some old Scooby. Yeah, I think a lot of them are on either Tubi or Max. Okay, I I believe. On Max, I would think so. Yeah, but oh, I know Tubi definitely. definitely. Max. Next, yeah. Next, they have like the Scooby Doo contract. Or yeah, yeah, because they because they own. I, th- I think Warner Brothers owns like the Hanna Barbera yeah, stuff. Yeah, they definitely do. Yeah, Warner Brothers has that that video game where you can fight each other with all the characters. Oh, really? You got all the Scooby Doo characters in it. Yeah. Wow. It's a fucking game, dude. You can get like. Batman, Harley Quinn, Shaggy. Can you can you be Dexter from Dexter's Lab? I don't know if they added him yet. Because he they, would be like a he, tiny yeah, Tony Stark. You know what I mean? Yeah, because Rick from Rick and Morty's in there, and like oh, okay. bro, he's pretty much just like a gadget man. Yeah, like he's just blowing shit up and wow, yeah, it's fun. You know? Oh, he's cool. Fighting that game. Pain what about ass. Ben from Ben Ten? I always love Ben Ten. Ben Ten is in there now because he can be all sorts of aliens yeah, for dude, ten minutes yeah, at a time. Ten minutes at a time. I think like ten different aliens for ten minutes at a time. Dude, there's a Iron Giants in there. So oh, God, Iron Giant. I just watched that movie. That's all. God, what a great so, film, dude. Yeah. Brad Bird. Yeah, man. We man. might have to do a Brad Bird episode. Yeah, dude. Brad Tooie. Brad. Okay, so you have like. Like uh, I, you just said, the Iron Giant, the Incredibles, Ratatouille, Ratatouille. Tomorrowland. Did you ever see that, that with George Clooney? I've never seen that. Incredible live really? action, yeah. And Mission Impossible: Ghost Protocol, Ghost Protocol. he directed. Yep, that's and fire. and then obviously Incredibles too. Yep. But yeah, Ratatouille. Yeah, Ratatouille. My God, Brad Bird. Um, Family Dog was a a show in the eighties. I think the characters were designed by Tim Burton. And Brad Bird, Brad Bird was also one of the early directors on The Simpsons. Oh, wow. But Family Dog, it was originally an episode of Amazing Stories. It was an anthology series produced by Steven Spielberg. Wow. In the 80s, it was incredible. I, I know about Amazing yeah. Stories. Yeah, and then Family Dog had his own show for a little bit. I think Brad Bird worked on that, too. Incredible. It's crazy to see where people start, man. Yeah, it's yeah. And then, and then to see, like, I, I'm telling you, Tomorrowland... Is was so underrated, and I think it lost money, but it's such a great film, man. I'm gonna check that out. You yeah, love Clooney, man. Yeah, we should do a Brad Bird episode at some Brad point. Bird. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Incredible. yeah, Incredibles. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. For sure. Just the Incredibles, man. I I tear up every I time I I watch whole, that movie. We do a whole episode on Just the Incredibles. Yeah, we could, right. man. Just the first just one. The first one alone, man. Yeah. Oh my god. All it's the references and all the hilarious. All the homages to. All the old yeah, crap, man. Yeah, everything. Man. I just love that. Don't wear capes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then so they show why. Yeah. yeah, no capes. So funny. And it actually makes sense. It does. I'm like, bro, yeah. capes would hinder you, man. Yeah, like, yeah. Up and stuff. Unless you're Superman. Unless you're Superman. He's the only one who can wear a cape and get away with it because all these other people are essentially humans. Yep. And that's why you don't wear capes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, guys, I think. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm so sorry. I can't. No, this is how we do. Yeah, we knock this out nicely, man. Yeah, um, go, go watch the new Guardians if you haven't. Yeah. Watch the Christmas special if you haven't. Yeah, it's yeah, worth your time. I'm telling. If you like Guardians, it's worth your time. Just check it out. Yes. Man. Um. So we'll uh, we'll get back to you guys when we're doing next time. You'll just yeah. be surprised. But I am yes. Dom. I am Jamie. This is the cutting room floor.